time, I wasn't as empowered as I am now. Yeah. What I know now of the medical system and everything that I've seen, endured, experienced, seen others experience, mm-hmm. like everything, I definitely have more of a voice for myself now. In that moment, I was also in still the position of relying on their assurance. I was relying yeah, so on their the authority. Exactly. Yeah, which I get. And I grew up in that. And I've exactly. only in these last couple of years sort of also exactly. found my voice and my own Just authority like over that. my own body and yeah. my children in yeah, a way that exactly yeah yeah it's and it like you said it's just kind of started like <clears> even <throat> even with Russ he's seven months old and I've only brought him to the doctor once mm-hmm. but with River I went to the doctor every three months because they told me to welcome 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 if you are new here this is the heart of the soul podcast and I am your host Amana This is a space where we remember what it means to be wild, human, and alive, breathing life back into storytelling, bringing awareness to the changes our stories make over time. This is a safe place where we honor each other's differences and connect about that which unites us all. I am a woman, a creative entrepreneur, a mother. I am a keeper of both birth and death. And I am passionate about creating ceremony and supporting women to lead the lives of their dreams. Today, I'm sharing a conversation that I had with the magnificent Rakana on November 11th of 2021. This is a meandering and beautiful two and a half hour conversations with many wonderful gems to experience. I hope you all enjoy and love Rakana as much as I do. We're already planning another episode together. Just so that you know, I did begin by trying to write out detailed show notes to this episode, but abandoned ship about halfway through. I just have too many other things to do as an entrepreneur and mother. So I hope you don't mind that I'm going to be shifting into doing minimal show notes this year but I am planning to engage with the translation service so that I can offer transcripts of each podcast episode for those that are interested in that in the future. So more to come. I hope that you enjoy this episode and I'll chat again at the end. Hello, hello, Amana here with the Heart of the Soul. Today is November 11th, 2021, and I'm here with my dear friend Rakana and baby Russ. Yes. <laughs> and Rakana arrived to my home at 11, 11 a.m., which is feeling really beautiful and yes. synchronistic. Rakana, I have known for about seven years. I met her at the same festival that I met my husband. So cool. (laughs) And our friendship has grown over the years, which has been really beautiful. And we have a shared passion for birth and mothering and supporting each other and creating community. And Rakana's an amazing artist and a mama. And she was at Bloom's birth, baby oh, Charlo's birth. So she magical. yes, was present and photographed. And I'm just so grateful for her. I'm so grateful. Super excited to have her here today. Thank you for being Thank here. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. I would love if you could start by kind of sharing a little bit about you, maybe where you were born, where you're from. Okay. You know, okay. just dive right in. Whatever there. feels good to introduce <laughs> yourself. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, well, <clears throat> Rakana, that's a weird thing, right? It's a weird name. Yes. Do you want to start um, with the yeah, name? Yeah. Totally tell us the story. My, uh, my whole birth actually is really weird. My mother, my mother popped her water with a pen when she went into labor she with did. me. Yes. Because like she, she popped her own water. She <laughs> went to the hospital multiple times saying that she felt something was not right. Okay. And they did not listen. So we sent my mother back home. My mother was like, screw this. Yes. Something is wrong and popped her own bowl of waters with her pen and went back into the hospital. And they were like, oh, you're in labor. So they took her. But upon literally birthing, my umbilical cord severed. As you came, yep. as you birthed, the cord severed. was severed. Wow. Yeah. So. I've seen that once before. Yeah. yeah. So that was my entryway by my mother forcefully getting me here she's mm. so awesome but she was really she said that she was really out of it when they asked for the baby's name and it wasn't supposed to be Rickana with a c in the middle uh-huh it's like spelled with rick and anna i'm named after my godparents yes. rick and anna who i've never met as an adult okay. i don't even know who these people okay. are which is interesting but yeah uh, she said she was a little messed <clears throat> up and put an extra c in there so i go by canna for short I'd love yes yeah go by Kiana but yeah weird name weird story what's your middle name Anne Anne Rikana Anne so I always got like growing up the Rikana Anna Rosanna yeah, like <laughs> yeah, she yeah, do yeah, the yeah. Rosanna Diana song yeah so funny it's been interesting growing up with a name that no one else has I can't find it at the gas station on a magnet right there's nothing that I can find that has <laughs> or any... on a mug yeah or, yeah nope yeah so a lot of friends get stuff that says Rick on it for me. <laughs> That's like my standing nickname Yes. with all my friends who don't have kids and they're like, <clears throat> they, they don't think that they will have children themselves. Those people usually are the people that call me Rick. It's really funny. It's like it the is. non-mothering version of me that they hold on to. Yes. They're like, Hey, Rick. <laughs> Super funny. But, um, okay. I was born in Spokane Valley. I've been in Spokane my whole life. Um, I became interested in these things when I met Shanoa, who you also know. Mm-hmm. Shanoa has held space for you many yes. A times. Yes. Um, I met Shanoa, I think just prior to that festival that I met you at uh-huh. or actually at that festival Conscious yeah, Culture Festival know, in 2014 yeah and um she introduced me to her goddess circles yes and her women's groups that she would hold and uh I was super interested in that so I connected with Shanoa I learned about natural fertility charting I learned about my body yes it's amazing these things that we like don't learn about in school or regular life our mothers like my mother doesn't know anything about her mother still doesn't know anything about her cycle and nor is she interested though yeah which is another yes whole like plane of existence for prior generations it's just having no interest in that yes and yet like if we go back further and further, women like really knew their cycle and exactly. natural ways of like fertility and knowing when they were fertile exactly. and being able to choose when to conceive exactly. and when to not conceive. Yes. And, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I just recently talked about how we've like kind of taken steps back in the modernization of birth. 
you know? Yes. We've taken huge steps backwards. Yes. As much as we have taken leaps and bounds forward. So that is such a big conversation we can get. (laughs) Did you always know you wanted to be a mom? Like, or was it, Uh, what age did you start thinking about motherhood? Um, Honestly, it wasn't something that I super thought about until I met, um, until I met the father of my first son. He had two children already. Mm -hmm. Actually, when I met him, he had one child and then another child in the womb still, mm-hmm. which was quite the dynamic. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. It was quite the dynamic, but yes. Um, and so uh, I, he had his second baby and I was a stepmama and I got to like, I got to bottle feed that baby and co-sleep with that baby and bond with him and um (laughs) raising the two others uh definitely made me want a baby of my own so I ended up having um River but even when I had River I wasn't as passionate about like before having River Mm -hmm. I wasn't as passionate about everything that I am now it was my birth with River that made me super dive into birth work Mm -hmm. and um and you were planning a home birth? I was, yes. Yeah. So with River, I had planned a home birth <clears> and <throat> Chanel was actually a doula there for me, which is also, I was talking about that with Shanoa. So I want to get back to that actually. Yeah. Going back to what inspired this growth into my own womanhood and being a goddess when I started to first refer my to myself as a goddess was when I met Shanoa and I went to those goddess circles. I started mm-hmm. learning about my fertility. Um, I'd always had extreme insecurity about my labia, like so extreme insecure about my labia. And my first partner, who was my partner of six years, mm-hmm. um, ended up telling me at one point that I had looked so like ragged down there that it was more ragged than a 30 year old he had had wow. sex with in a hotel. And I was Gross. 15 or 14 at the time. Aww. Yeah. So it was just like the most like, wound. yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Extreme. So <clears throat> I'd always had this like distorted view of my own vulva. And when I met Shanoa and also would attend these goddess mm-hmm. circles, um, it was a common view among women to have distorted views of their yes. vulva. Well, in our like <laughs> textbooks and in pornography, pornography it's always especially, like very there's nothing exterior, it's very yes. tucked away and there's they no only labia. show one kind. Exactly. Even though, like, yeah, vulvas. There's a huge variety, a beautiful, like yeah. some are more voluptuous yes. and flowery and other ones are more uh, yes. yeah, pigmentation changes, yes. like texture yes. changes. There's hair like growing in different areas and oh my gosh. Yeah. So Shinoa was nice enough to show me a gallery and I wish I could remember what it was, but it was a professional gallery that you could access online where <clears> people <throat> all over had donated mm-hmm frontal portraits of their vulvas mm-hmm. just to add to this gallery of vulvas yeah. so that people could see the diversity yes and I remember looking at that I was probably 17 years old at the time so 10 years ago and was like I don't know I just my it was like seeing everyone else's vulvas redefined my own I love that. Yeah. It yes. was like, I literally like had this moment where I was like, oh, like she's perfect and she is 
beautiful. And like, I learned about the inside of our vaginas and how, you know, they're not supposed to smell like a perfect flower and all these other things that I was just misled. I remember using like scented tampons. Literally. Like that's a fucking thing. It's so gross. The fact that they even create that and it's putting chemicals in. I will admit I got bacterial vaginosis after using scented products. Like I got BV and it's like something, it's like, why are we constantly ushered into using these things that are causing great harm to our body and our complete system like not just where we're putting it but like literally our entire systems are affected by these things it's crazy Mm -hmm. but yeah so that was a huge thing for me I fell in love with my vulva I learned my body from the inside out I knew what my waking temperature was every day and what my like discharge was yeah yes exactly and that was a huge thing for me that was like a that that was a huge like pivotal point of me coming into self-awareness was just coming into self-awareness of my body yes you know yes that was huge and that was before I had river so Mm -hmm. I'm very lucky that I got that introduction and then I ended up meeting um river's dad years later who had like I said um one with another baby on the way and then I got to be close with the babe and of course I really wanted to be a mother myself after that to another like a a baby of my own womb so I um was lucky enough to have Riv were you consciously conceiving was it just sort of like in the air kind of so River I don't know (laughs) I don't know I'd like to say that he was conceived in October um at a fall festival that yes. we all attend yes, very yes. often. Yes, I think that he was conceived at a fall festival and the timing comes out because he's born in um July. He was not due until July 31st, but he came on July 6th. Uh that is also a crazy story. Um well, let's start at your conception. Like so yeah. you conceived and then you how when did you realize we were pregnant? So <laughs> this is a very actually this roller coaster sorry I'm like my eyes bothering me but I um I found out I was pregnant and then had like a it was also stressful honestly because my partner at the time was an alcoholic and he had two children and did not anticipate having a third anytime Mm -hmm. soon Mm because he just had another so when we did conceive river um Sonny who was our second at the time that he had was five months old we had a five-month-old baby and we're pregnant with a new one yes very stressful and uh yeah it was just kind of a big shift in reality for someone who was already trying to process that they just had another baby yes so the ways that he chose to handle what we were experiencing were less than in favor of me for our family as a whole. Yeah. Which I have unconditional like understanding for now. Five the, years at later. The time. At the time it was devastating. I'm sure that would have been tragic. Yeah. Yes. So it was a hard thing. Um when we first found out <clears throat> he was not very he's not an excited person. <laughs> so that kind of took away from that. And then I had also um been admitted to the hospital for pleurisy. Um which is where the lining of your lungs becomes inflamed. And when you breathe, they rub together. Yeah. So it hurts. Hurts. Inhale and exhale. Yeah. So I got um, admitted to the hospital for that. And while I was there, they um, asked me if I was pregnant to take x-rays of my lungs. And I said, yes, I am. 
And then they had me take a test and they said, no, you're not. And I said, yes, I am. I just like discovered and went and found out like I am pregnant. Yeah. And they said, no, you're not. And then literally like the next day I bled heavily for eight days. Wow. Heavily. And it was really weird. And so I, at that point thought I had a miscarriage Mm -hmm. like three weeks later, Uh I was like, I feel weird. Yes. And so I went to the doctor and I was pregnant. And so I told them that there was no way because I had just bled heavily for eight days Uh and that there was just no way. And so they thought I might have a tubal pregnancy and sent me in to get um, inland imaging to do an ultrasound Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of my ovaries and everything and see what was happening. And I was pregnant and I was seven weeks pregnant. Which means that I had so never, you, and you were pregnant in the yes. hospital when they told you you weren't. That I wasn't, and medical people are wrong yes. sometimes. And They're humans, and yes, like, exactly. And lab, lab things can be incorrect. So, and then when I was in there getting the ultrasound, <clears throat> which there's always been a curiosity because my mother says that I was a twin. Also, there was a second torn sac next to river sac in our ultrasound. Okay, that was going to be one of my questions. Was that I dropped that. a twin? Yes. Is the question that we Likely. thought is that I dropped a twin, which my mother has record of me. I was a twin. She dropped one of us. Yes. So there's always been a longstanding joke that River is my twin. I was born at 9.23 a.m. and River was born at 9.23 p.m. Eight days after my own birthday, which is super cool. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. Uh Yeah. So super cool. River's my little cosmic twin. Um, but yeah, just finding out that I was pregnant again with him was yeah, like a confirmation. Kind of, it yeah. was it was like a honestly just like a roller coaster because I was like a pregnant and excited, uh-huh. and then I was like, okay, I'm miscarried, uh-huh. and then I was devastated, and then I found out I was pregnant again, but then I found out that I was pregnant the whole time. Wow, <laughs> wow, yeah. Wow. So that was crazy. So I found out I was pregnant officially again with yes. River, and yes. yeah, it was very exciting. I did not tell anyone. Mm-hmm. I did not, we have all, this is all during the day and age of social media. I did not announce on social media until I was in the hospital to have him, that I was having a baby. And yeah. How did that feel to you? That felt, it felt good. good. Yeah. yeah. Because it was an intimate thing. I feel yes. like growing our babies should be an intimate thing. And a lot of people are very excited to share that with everyone else, but I really wanted to like soak up what it was. And also, like I said, just the dynamic of River's father at the time and him going through his stuff. It wasn't sure. something that I could broadcast super joyfully as someone else was mourning part of their life that they would have to let go. Right. You know? Yeah. So it was, it was I love that there are all these different options. Like yeah. just because this is the way one person does pregnancy yeah. doesn't mean that's the way you have to exactly. do it. Exactly. Like, yeah. I love that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I was private the whole time. And I announced just before we were going to have river because my, my water broke at 35 weeks and six days. And did you know anyone who had had home births or how did you come to that? Like the home birth? Uh, just, uh, Shinoa Durheim. Oh, yeah. Shinoa mm-hmm. Durheim at the time was in training to become a doula. Mm-hmm. I was one of her births that certified her, yes. which is so cool. Um, yeah, Shinoa, uh, you know, when I told her I was pregnant and everything, she was a really big in, uh, inspiration 
to the route that I took. And I tried, like, like I, I planned for a home birth. I went through Spokane mm-hmm. midwives and, um, they have a team of midwives there. I yeah. If you're familiar with their practice. Yes. I had Jane of Spokane midwives was arrived seven minutes before Odin was born. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Jane is actually who transferred me when I was pregnant with River. She's the one who answered the call when I was calling. Yes. To say okay. So broke. before you jump forward. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me how broke. your water broke. And that's how so, labor started when you were 30, five weeks, five weeks. six days. Yeah. I literally just woke up in the morning in a puddle. Wow. Yeah. I haven't had the water breaking experience with any of my kids. Like, I think it's so, you know, I, I'm a nineties kid and I grew up with Rugrats and I don't yes. know if you remember <laughs> the infamous Rugrats movie of like Tommy's or not Tommy's mom. Yeah. Tommy's mom having dill pickle. Like the beginning of the movie is like her pregnant with dill pickle and like they're doing a baby shower and at the baby shower, her water breaks. And in I the same second, her water breaks, it starts storming outside. <laughs> it's so yeah super funny there's a goat running around and it's this big shuffle and everyone's running to the hospital to get there but I'm gonna have to watch that like what comes to my mind when I think water breaking in like movies is like cone heads oh my she's like (laughs) gushes like yeah yeah. literally oh my gosh that's so funny you can tell you're not a 90s kid (laughs) I'm 10 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good That's oh, so funny. Um, so, okay. So your water broke. My water broke. I literally just woke up in a puddle and I was really confused. And I was like, did I pee myself? Like, no, this is different. It didn't smell like urine. You know what amniotic fluid smells like. Yeah, it's a very distinct smell. Yes, yes. Um, birth smells. Yeah. And there are distinct birth Sm- smells. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> the like placenta and bloody smell Exactly, after. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, all of it. So yeah, I, it was not pee. So I called with my <laughs> midwife and informed her that I thought my water broke, but I was just leaking. Like I was still leaking, leaking but yeah. no labor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was just leaking fluid and there was no labor and my midwife, because I was before 37 weeks, mm-hmm. because 37 weeks is the cutoff for legally able to have home, home birth. birth. Exactly. Yeah. Without any risk. Um, if you want a medical provider exactly if you do it on your own that's your own exactly yeah Yeah. so my deemed due date was July 31st and my um my water had broke I think on July 1st or July 2nd is when it broke and so uh she ended up having to transfer me because I was before 37 weeks by one week and one day. Oh, uh, you cannot imagine the frustration with my body. I was literally blaming my body for like no, this lack of like yeah. being able to have my home birth. I'm like a week and a day, you know, just like mm-hmm. so defeated. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was a hard lesson. I had a very, I kept open mind that anything could happen, mm-hmm. but it still shatters you and anything different happens than what you anticipated yes, and pregnancy is like this build this huge build exactly. and like there's so much focus on the birth not as much yeah. on postpartum yeah. which is something I'd love to t- yes, chat about too. Yes. yeah uh, as we move so through crazy. this but yes yeah you, there's so much energy and then to have things shift like that yeah. it would be hard. really hard it was hard so I did everything I could to bring my house to the hospital Jane really so courteously we talked to a nurse for a long time on the phone and got me the biggest suite it was at Deaconess so I had this really big room um in Deaconess Hospital 
to have River and I brought my pillows, my bedding. I brought Palo Santo that I couldn't burn, obviously, but I brought it anyway. I brought mm-hmm. watercolor paintings of um, like birds that I had done prior. I brought my singing bowl and my partner at the time brought his ukulele and he was playing music and stuff. And it, we just like tried to make home in the environment, even though I couldn't be at home. So I'm yeah. very grateful for that. We tried um, in Washington State, and it might be everywhere. I'm have to talk a little louder above us. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. I just want people to be able to hear both of you. It's in, okay. The rest in Washington State, and maybe I think everywhere. I'm not sure, but in hospitals, you cannot birth in the water. Yeah. Um. Even though you can birth in the water at a, I mean, you can birth in the water, but you can't birth in the like they don't want you to birth in the water. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So like you can, they'll let you labor in the water, but if they think that you're about to give birth, they make you get out. They make you get gross. Um, Yeah, they move you. So uh, I, I wanted to have. I wanted to have live in the water because I thought that it would help me. Um, I am a cancer. I'll also put hello podcast. I'm a cancer. (laughs) (laughs) I am the mother Zodiac. (laughs) Um, I thought that water would help me because like of my nature, like I just, I thought that would be a thing that was beneficial for me. And did you labor in the water? I did labor in the water, but it didn't prove beneficial for me. And also they make you in the hospital, get out to urinate. So I had to climb in and out. They encourage you to pee in the birthing pool because your urine is sterile. Yes, exactly. So I had to keep getting in and out of a low ground tub while I was at the hospital. And I eventually just said, screw that and opted to not get back in Um, and ended up like rolling around with a peanut ball in between my legs and doing all the things. And I did not receive an epidural. Um. I have to back up though, because Mm -hmm. when they transferred me to the hospital, I wasn't in labor, as I said. Right. And so I got there and the midwife there was aggressive with her approach and said, let's get you, you know, induced. And I was like, absolutely not. That is not what I want to do. I want to veer as far away from that as possible. And so, um, something like this is that okay with mama yeah would you like to hold this yeah no you just want to smile at me um okay so aggressive midwife yeah and she wanted to induce me and so I expressed that I didn't want that and she was like okay like we just have to have you on antibiotics because my membranes had ruptured and then also because I was 35 weeks and six days they gave me a shot of steroids in my hip to, to river's lungs, lungs develop <laughs> so much stuff yeah so um yeah I was on antibiotics and got a steroid in my hip and was waiting to go into labor naturally because that's what I wanted mm-hmm. and so they were doing their best to respect that but with shift change comes a new midwife and new nurses uh-huh. and I was there for four days prior to being induced I agreed to be induced after, after four, four days. days yeah I after that midwife I had a different midwife I wish I remembered her name she had purple hair and she literally was telling me stories of birthing babies in Guatemala. like just the coolest lady she's yeah. like we can sit here as long as you want to wait to go into labor no rush at all like just you know 
Mm-hmm. Relax. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to mm-hmm. have a baby soon. I remember when she asked what the baby's name was and I said, his name was River. She said, Ooh, be careful. Rivers are turbulent. And I'll Ooh. never forget that. Ooh. I know. Yeah. So, so steady and strong. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yes. So yeah. many things. Yes. And River is so many beautiful things. It's crazy. Um, so, yeah shift change I keep getting a new midwife it'd be one that was okay and then one that was not it's like every eight hours every four hours sometimes um so it was every 12 hours Mm -hmm. for midwives and every 24 hours for nurses there's one there for 24 24 hour shifts wowza yeah all right this is in 2016 yeah crazy before the pandemic yeah um so that's how that worked. And yeah, I ended up eventually I got the Were you doing like nipple stimulation and other like every, ways? Yeah, I did. I did all of that. To, yeah. But every time I did nipple stimulation, they required that I be hooked up to the monitor to monitor it because it could be too intense. But they would be willing to like give me like pharmaceuticals Pitocin. and put things inside your cervix. Oh, buddy. Oh, goodness. Um yeah so I did try stuff like that for those couple days the day before I had decided to get induced Mm -hmm. I woke up at 4 a.m which Mm -hmm. is the same time that I woke up my water broken yes I had contractions and then I fell back asleep and they were gone so it was kind of like a defeating ride getting to the point of being like yeah I'll just get induced because whatever they were also when I came to the decision they said that you can wait like continue to wait for mm-hmm. your body to go into labor naturally but we have to move you down to the birth wing down below mm-hmm. if you would like to stay and we have to move you out of this room and I was like exactly and oh I like gosh. made home in this room yeah. to try to like and envision yourself birthing in that yeah. space yeah. Wow. yeah yeah so at that point I got induced because I didn't want to be moved out of the room yeah. um so yeah I got induced and then and what sort of they use me they 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 use me Uh prostolin it is a cervix softener um a lot of times when people are given pitocin for induction it does cause a lot of problems usually leads to c-section pitocin moves baby down and if your cervix is not ready or soft for that you're just moving baby yeah and so they gave me mesoprostolone first which i was very grateful the plan was Mm -hmm. to do two doses of that and then have a dose of pitocin so they were going to soften the cervix move baby down okay they gave me one dose of mesoprostolone at 9 p.m on the fifth And you were not having contractions no. at this time. Mm-mm. And I fell asleep and woke up at 4 a.m. the next day, the sixth, the day that River was born. 4 a.m. I kept waking up at 4 every time. Yeah, well, like the hormone levels. A lot of women go into labor. It was like early hours of, exactly. hours of the morning because I forget the names of the different hormones, but there's like this that makes magical, yeah. yeah. Height or key. Yes. So, yeah, I woke up and was I had contractions and so I uh-huh. like beeped the nurse and she came in she's like oh this looks good the thing with the mesoprostolin and a lot of stuff that they administer when you're at the hospital is that you couldn't eat for so long after <clears> or like drink water for so long after <throat> and so they wanted to give me another dose to like keep it going and I was like I really don't feel like can I just eat first because I'm not gonna be able to eat after that and, and they were like yeah and so 
<laughs> so I ate and after I ate, my contractions were still steady and they never ended up giving me a second dose of misoprostolin okay. or a dose of Egyptian. Okay. I never got those. Yeah. I just needed the one dose of misoprostolin to get my cervix off and things started moving on there. So from the start to the finish, I had a 17 hour labor. Uh-huh. Two hours pushing. And I did. And was it like they tell you you're dilated, so now you can push, or did you have the natural urge no, to push? No, it was or... very controlled. The okay. entire thing was very controlled. Yeah. Yeah, it was all very controlled. And I, um, I'm trying to think of. I, had, I don't know what the name of the medication oh, is, but I did have medical help with pain relief for mm-hmm. an hour, is what the medicine. Yeah time frame was uh-huh. is a pill that I took okay I don't know what it is I'm like trying to think <laughs> um but yeah I got something at one point and it was just mm-hmm. before I transitioned okay. I was like I can't do this like I need something yes. I kept telling my partner I was in a lot of pain but my partner and I had also established with one another that I did not want an epidural uh-huh so my partner honored that for me which I'm still very grateful for to this day he honored my boundaries and our plan yes Um, and it's also so common I've been to so many births and almost every woman near transition it's like I can't every woman says something along not those exact words but something like I can't or yeah yeah this is too much. It often is. I, I can't really actually. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I got to that point mm-hmm. and I ended up getting um, some kind of pain relief for an hour. And then uh, I remember asking my partner and I said, I need, like, I want something to take the pain away. Like I need some medicine. And he said, but does the baby need some medicine? And I was like, no, the baby doesn't need medicine. <laughs> And I chose to not get an epidural, <laughs> which is so hard to do, especially in that yes, environment yeah. where they're offering it to they're, you and they're encouraging, encouraging it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my partner in that moment, like that's honestly, that's like one of the most like profound Shining moments with moments. that person. Yeah. yeah. Is when they, they gave me the opportunity to question for myself too. Uh-huh. They just presented yeah. me with a question. Yes. Does the baby need the medicine? That was the question he asked me. Yeah. I'm getting chills thinking about it. Mm. That's so cool. But yeah, I ended up not getting an epidural and then ended up just meeting Riv two hours later. And they took him after like a minute. Tell me about the emergence. How was that for you? So it wasn't what I had planned or wanted for it. Mm -hmm. Like I had imagined like holding my baby and like touching his head when it came out. River's head came out and they were like, his head's out. And my partner said, it's really big. And then they were like, do you want to touch it? And just that sequence of everything Mm -hmm. happening. I literally was like, no, yeah, I don't want to touch it. (laughs) (laughs) I remember, yeah, when Odin was born and Jane was like, you want to catch him? Because that's something we talked about. I wanted to catch him. But in that moment, I was like, no, you do it. I couldn't. I was in this whole like birth space. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, I, and I remember him, like, once he came out all the way, they mm-hmm. put him on top of me. And I was hot. And he just came out of the inside of my womb. He was so hot. he was hot. Yes. And I was like, like, I'm going to vomit. Like, I was just so hot. Yeah. Like, he gave me the biggest bear yeah. hug. And yes. 
Like I got covered in burnix. My mm-hmm. hand had a little cake, a uh, little frosting coating on it. And Shanoa uh, had an uh, like an assistant doula with her who took photos of my birth. Yes. Um, between Shanoa and her, I got some photos of my birth. Not a lot, but there were some. Yes. And they got photos of Rip's head. Incredibly and incredible. Yeah. His first like cry face while the rest of his body's like still inside of me yeah it was I yeah so when I had him I shared those photos and it was like uh I feel like it just wasn't common to share photos like that even five years ago yeah it's amazing very taboo it's growing yes exactly the reaction was well and like social media used to deem them like pornographic so they weren't even allowed to show them censoring everything you had to like literally come forth and ask instagram to stop censoring birth and actual motherhood yeah like nursing our babies yeah and things like Like, that stop yeah filtering actual motherhood yeah like so crazy but okay so you said he was born and then they took him away yes they did Yeah, they, um, but did they give you a reason or they just like, we're taking your baby? So a woman was like, Hey, do you see that? And like, literally like pointed at my baby, like laying on this thing. She was like, you see how his chest is rising and falling very fast. And I was like, yes. And she's like, he's having a hard time breathing. So they took him away for CPAP. Did you feel the same way? No. Yeah. So they took him away for CPAP, which she only needed for eight hours after is what they stated and Mm -hmm. then he was just in the NICU unit because he was early mind you my baby was born four weeks early and weighed six pounds and 13 ounces which is a good size baby for you very I'm I yeah I'm like a hundred pound woman yeah (laughs) I'm a petite lady so yeah to have a baby that was technically deemed a month premature weigh six pounds and 13 yeah I was like that sounds crazy sounds so crazy so sounds like he was perfect he was perfect and um they kept him in a like big you know in the the nursery setup that they have in mm-hmm. the NICU they had like the Billy Rubin lights for him yes. and like said that his Billy Rubin levels were low and they had him on a feeding too, oh. rather than having me like because I could go with and him. Did they ask for consent, no. No, no, or no, they no, just no. did they these just things did without that. your permission? Exactly. So my Yuck. child started with the feeding tube because he was just early. That and is were it. Were you allowed to be in the space with him? Because it's not. It's not, like a baby room, and you can't. Exactly. They don't have rooms like in Europe and other places. They have. Even if a baby is on a machine, they yeah. have mom right there with them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the US is weird yeah fucked super fucked so yeah um no I wasn't able to see him right away I had to literally wait until the next day if I remember they literally like told me to sleep after I gave birth Uh uh-huh and I think I did yeah I like vaguely remember I literally think that I did sleep before I actually got to go see my baby Uh again which is so So weird but like even now like if you're at a hospital and a woman gives birth they like encourage her like you need to put your baby down and sleep like you need to put your baby down and sleep you need to like you know we can take a baby to the no other mammals do that I know yeah it's so we're like yeah the the urgency to separate others like to separate ourselves from our kids like yes it's a very interesting cultural thing right now in this time in history I think we're gonna look back at it and be like 
what was that all about? Exactly. Trying to, you know, get and wanting babies to sleep for long periods of time and nurse on a rigid schedule. All this is bullshit. All of it. Yeah. (sighs) Well, I mean, again, it's just trying to come with the structure. I just feel like there's so much structure that's desired, but why? What structure is it actually providing? Well, it's so that they can document things. Exactly. Yeah. So that they can check boxes and have like a role to play. An expectation. Yeah. It's I don't, weird. I don't understand I it. I don't understand it either. Yeah. So um, yeah, they took Riv. He was in the NICU for 12 days. And did they discharge you? Like, yeah, and I was not allowed to stay there, which was like so (sighs) hard on me. Yeah. And yeah, they, so real hard thing, like while he was in the NICU, like what they were waiting for and what we were waiting for so that I could take him was for him to eat on his own. Mm -hmm. Let me say my baby first Mm -hmm. from the get Mm -hmm. latched perfectly. I was then encouraged by NICU nurses to use a nipple shield, which is a, like a rubber flange, like a plastic silicone that goes on top of your nipple that goes on top of my nipple to act as like a bigger suction surface or nipple for my child to latch onto. So I was encouraged to use that with River, even though that I was nursing perfectly fine which had a hindrance on like like create this barrier put this barrier in between you and your baby it's so weird it's so weird and because of that like I like struggled to get my milk supply in the first like days you know like and also with River because he was in the NICU unit like I got discharged and I went home and my partner was distant and you know drinking and not at home because they were like I said mourning their own like yeah, he was having his own life experience. Exactly. Yeah. So I got sent home like, ah. with no baby and no partner. Mm. And like, but just had like a postpartum body and like nothing to show for it. So that was really weird. Yes. And your milk, I mean, dude, yeah. My milk came in like after two days. It's photos that I still show people because they can't believe them. I had like M sized tits. I always yes. tell people, fuck side boob. I had like back boob. They like wrapped around me, oh, you know? Because they were so, so full of milk. Oh, this milk for your baby. Yeah. And I didn't have a baby there. And oh. trying to pump was just, I've never responded to a pump still. I'm yeah. seven months postpartum with a new baby and I still do not respond to a pump. So pump is not like a physiological. No, like, it's not. It doesn't have no. saliva to give my brain a message. No. It's plastic and hard and not organic and doesn't flow with my body. And think about a plastic dildo. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> is like, not the same as a dick. Yeah, yeah, it's that's not a good comparison. Yes, I like that. It does not flow yeah. with your body, with your movement, no. with anything that you're trying to achieve. So yeah. Yeah, they gave me that and it like hindered my milk coming in and my milk did finally come in and my life in those 12 days postpartum was literally pumping every two hours and driving to the hospital three times a day to go visit river so I would like go during his feeding hours Mm -hmm. and like visit him and I was also doing this alone because as I said my partner at the time was checked out a little bit Mm -hmm. and so that was also like hard you know yes in those like in those 12 days of visiting his father only went with me one time and it was because I had an ocular migraine and I couldn't see 
so mm-hmm. I had to like ask him to actually drive for me but mm-hmm. yeah it was a pretty like isolating journey feeding river and making sure that he was okay and I remember while river was in there I had the nurse a, a lady come up to me one day and she very cold like directly looks at me in the eyes and says your son has a hole in his heart but it's very common and then walked away and then doesn't give you any more information about that so you're just like my son has a hole in his heart literally I was (laughs) like what the fuck and so I then I talked to like a NICU nurse I was like excuse me like this lady just came in and told me like my kid has a hole in his heart can you maybe elaborate which (laughs) She did and like yes. explain like the arteries of our heart and how like there is often a valve that can be kept open. There's yes, two well, sides. And there's the foramen valve, which is open when they're in utero exactly. and it closes, it closes after they're born and it can take some time exactly. to close. And that's very that's the hole that she was referring to. Exactly. So this is the hole that she was referring to. <sighs> yeah. And so literally, I'm not even kidding. We had like cardiological like appointments after that uh-huh. to like monitor Assess his heart. It. Yeah. yeah. Like freaky. it wasn't a normal new... thing. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. And they made it seem like it was very just like extreme that that was. Yeah. So mm. that was also very traumatic, which we ended up going after and we got like a paper that I still have that says like, congratulations, the hole is closed, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, just like the, the whole, yeah. And just kind of the fear that they ingrained with these different things and then like bait you to come back for more appointments. And- yeah. So I actually, um, I, at the time had dreadlocks and uh tattoos I had tattoos also but my dreadlocks especially I was used to being like profiled for uh-huh often there's yeah. a lot of stereotype that comes with your choice and being a Caucasian appearing female mm-hmm. also yes so um when I was in the NICU I had a NICU nurse come up to me and tell me you know cannabis greatly increases the chances of sins it's not even true and i didn't even smoke cannabis yeah. i'm like baby this, this you like are assumption. yeah like how fucking rude of you you just literally like you're scared tactic like with cannabis for one which is a fucking plant and for two i don't even smoke it you're literally just like judging me off my appearance you know yeah. it was so like Gross. wild yeah my entire shit. so what we were waiting for to get river out of there was for him to feed on his own for a full 24 hours he could not use a feeding tube well shift changes at 6 30 p.m and if river didn't eat fast enough for the nurse at that shift change like our feeding is at six and uh-huh. shift changes at six thirty. So if River didn't eat fast enough at the feeding at six, yes, then they would put a tube in him to go to shift change because oh he didn't eat in the thirty minutes that we had to like try to get him to eat. So they would literally like so thirty minutes allowed, which is this like small my baby takes like ten minutes just to get a letdown sometimes. Like it's just yes. like you know like just maybe longer than that like and they make this like some yeah. meaningful thing to hold over your head and yeah. say that oh since he didn't finish now we have to shove exactly it exactly and you can't take your baby home again yeah so this happened over and over again and like oh. it sucked I would try to get there for feeding so that I could feed him myself mm-hmm. because like I said it's just they would 
yeah, jumped the gun a little bit. So that happened multiple times and finally ended up like they finally did like did you ever consider like taking him i know that's probably they probably like call child protective services or something stupid but at the time i wasn't as empowered as i am now what i know now the medical system and everything that i've seen endured experience seen others experience Mm -hmm. like everything i definitely have more of a voice for myself now in that moment i was also in still the position of relying on their assurance i was relying on their the authority yeah which i get and i grew up in that and i've only in these last couple years sort of also found my voice and my own authority over my own body and my children in a way that exactly yeah yeah it's and it like you said it's just kind of started like even even with Russ he's seven months old and I've only brought him to the doctor once Mm -hmm. but with River I went to the doctor every three months because they told me to and Uh I it just it just recently occurred to me like not everyone in the world is supposed to need a medication not everyone in the world is supposed to see a doctor all the time usually like back in the day if you heard someone saw a doctor or you got a house visit something uh-huh. was wrong yeah it brought curiosity but now everyone sees doctors all the time and it's just a normal thing mm-hmm. to be at the doctor and have medication and have regular checkups and now they like incentivize you yeah. by like saying if you bring your baby in for these regular checkups we'll give you an amazon gift card yes i like got some you know i think this is from, so gross yes from, from state insurance is what yes. i got it from yes that was stating if i brought my and it's different if i get them the uh mr if you vaccinate your kids, you get more money or no 50. Yes. Yeah. But, or it, and it differs upon vaccination. So if I get these vaccinations, I get a $100 gift card. If I get these vaccinations, I get a $25 gift card. What? This is disgusting. Disgusting. And the fact that people even say anything that's happening with the pandemic is like, hi. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's, it's toots and shit. It's freaking ridiculous. Yeah. So, oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So your postpartum, your relationship is transitioned. He has two babies and, and then we had how, a third. Was, how was the community? I mean, like, yes, he had two, an older child and then two young, you know, yes, babies. Yeah. yeah. So when, by the time that we had had River, um, Sunny had just turned a year, literally two months before we had River. Uh-huh. So we had a newborn, a one-year-old and a two-year-old, Okay, all boys. <laughs> and then a one-year-old and a two-year-old and a three-year-old. So crazy. Um, it was postpartum a surprise to you? Like, I feel like I was, I like have taken care of kids my whole life has been like first time babysitters for lots of people. And I was still surprised of the intensity of postpartum and sleep deprivation. Yeah. yes I was but it was also so different like I think about my 12 days of river just like my first 12 days as a mother river was not with me so I didn't have nursing all night and I didn't Uh have you know the anxiety of waking to see if my baby was awake and um, I didn't have diaper changes like I just didn't have like a normal routine for those first 12 days postpartum so I honestly did get to like, focus on like just sitting and relaxing but at the time it wasn't even something that was intentional I was really surviving my postpartum with River yes I didn't then- have people and uh-huh. the physical aspect was like I fractured my tailbone I forgot to mention mm-hmm. that in birth in birth pushing river out his head was huge yeah so I 
that was the most painful thing with my body my vagina like nothing else everyone said uh-huh. the poop after I gave birth would be like unbearable uh-huh. the poop was easy my tailbone hurt so like bad. so like sitting yeah like uh-huh. getting up like even like moving my back from like standing to like yeah it was so excruciating so that was the hardest like physical thing I um had my placenta taken by Jerry and mm-hmm. she had um, encapsulated it for me, gave me a placenta print. Um, at the time, I was hoping to take the capsules to help with my, you know, rebuilding my blood and my iron intake, my hormone levels, because it is said to help those things when you consume your placenta. But I know now that I would rather, if I were to do it, consume raw. Yeah, I had the same experience, like with. Well, actually with Hartley and Odin, I had it encapsulated and then with Charlotte, I did raw, Yeah, but I didn't actually end up consuming the whole thing. Yeah. It didn't feel, I still have some of it in the freezer. Yeah. Are you going to plant it? I would like to plant it once we have our land. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was going to do like raw consumption this time, but ended up just deciding that I would like to plant it. Yeah. Um, I follow a birth photographer who did a planting placenta ceremony on her land for her niece yeah her niece was born and she got to like plant um the placenta on her property and there was like photographs and there was a flower ceremony for it and like all this it's a beautiful 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 thing yeah and I'm very much so in love with that idea so that's what I'm gonna do but with Riv yeah I had I had capsules done and I took them I took four at a time mm-hmm. and was hoping that it would like change or like I would see a difference I don't really think that I did see a difference but I also mm-hmm. don't think that I struggled very much with like I don't know I just don't feel I struggled the same like this time yeah. I have postpartum hair loss and I have all these things last uh-huh. time I didn't have postpartum hair loss and I uh-huh. I had dreads so I maybe it's be harder to tell with yeah dreads. maybe yeah. I had dreadlocks and so I just didn't know but um, I don't know even with dreads I've noticed it like along here the postpartum hair and, loss yeah. of just like losing the oh, hair yeah. that's here yeah. I didn't like all this is like new growth after yeah. Charlotte was born and I have fine don't I don't have as much hair as you I don't even feel like I have one I used to have so <clears> much hair I've literally lost so much hair in the last seven months it's I had like a morning stage where I would like <laughs> yes. like find the balls in the shower I was like oh <laughs> yeah I it's a crazy thing what our bodies do yes um but yeah I took my capsules I was thinking that would help with postpartum um when I finally got river again life was complete yes he's so, he's so sweet <laughs> Um, I, for those of you that aren't watching the YouTube, yes, like baby Russ is just like giving us all these smiles and cooing and talking and nursing and all paying the attention to our words. Yes, and watching. Yes, watching us. So great. Um. Uh, when I got River home, I started co-sleeping. Mm-hmm. Two nights I went with him not co-sleeping. Mm-hmm. And it took me two days with my baby at home to realize he belongs in my bed. (laughs) It took me two days. That's it. And then he like ever since then slept with me in my bed, which was uh, something highly advised against like you, even today, it's still something that they don't advise for you to sleep. In the hospital, even though like 
all of their mammals sleep with their babies. Exactly. And, and in other countries, it's yes, encouraged in other countries. Yes. There are other hospitals like in Sweden yes. where they have a family bed and they encourage both parents and babies yes. to all sleep That's in the incredible. same bed. And here in the US, they act like you're the devil oh, and you're going to kill your kid yeah. if you sleep with your baby. Yeah, if they come in and you've fallen asleep with your baby, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And like, grow big. Yeah, they make you feel shameful and like you're endangering your child, which is so, so gross, as you said. Um, yeah, we started co-sleeping right away and breastfeeding all the time with River. I was also nursing on demand. My postpartum was rough though, just because I didn't have like support with my partner. Honestly, I just, Mm -hmm. I know there are so many mothers out there that don't have partners postpartum, you know? Um, and I just, it is hard. It's like, I, yeah, it's hard it's difficult. I like whether or not you, I don't want to say that we're all supposed to have partners because no, some people definitely, but we're supposed to have community. Support. Yes, we're supposed community. to have support, you know? And I just didn't have that immediate support that I needed again. And yeah, that was like the hardest part. So I actually looked into becoming a postpartum doula. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I offer yeah. postpartum doula support yeah. for that very reason because yeah. we all need it yeah we need to be fucking taken care of i need somebody mm-hmm. to cook me a fucking meal and i need somebody and to, to like baby so you can take a shower exactly or poop. hold me while i just yes, hold the baby like yes. that's another big thing i feel like yes. a lot of like postpartum is like well let me take your child for you or let me do this and take the yeah. baby and let me take the baby out of the vicinity so you can get a nice night of sleep like no allow me to stay connected with my baby but yes. nourish me and exactly. feed me and bring yes. me food yes yeah yes. yeah yeah, I run a bath for me and then hand me baby in the bath if I want baby yes, in the bath with me. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it's such a huge thing for people to like, like detach us. It's insane. I I just recently I think I was telling maybe I didn't tell you. Or yeah, I, did I think you say it again though. Yeah, what, that I was just talking to the person on the phone yes. and she's like, I can get you child exactly. care. And you're like, that's not what exactly. I need. So I yeah, I just called and reached out for like help with my situation that I'm going through currently. And I was telling the woman about what I'm experiencing and she like offered to get me childcare so that I could relax. (laughs) And mind you, I'm telling this woman about my anxieties of being separated from my child. like did you listen to yeah like Like, literally like what are you no so yeah I and I literally told her that on the phone I said Mm -hmm. that would not help me at all I need to stay (laughs) close with my baby I need to stay connected and attentive with my baby I don't need somebody to take my baby so that I can focus on myself yeah you know so yeah it's crazy the world that we live in um yeah postpartum with Riv was just different. It was different with my partner. It was different with like all variables. Mm -hmm. It was crazy, but it's what made me, my postpartum experience is what made me want to get into birth work. Yes. Had you done any, had you witnessed birth before you gave birth or anything like that? Um, Yes. With my sister, my older sister, who is an estranged mother now at the time had four kids and I remember her last baby that she had my niece Annabella I went to her house and it's like 6 a.m and it's before school you know that 
morning light where it's yes. light blue and the lights are on inside so it's all yellow inside but yes. light blue outside yes. and just I don't know that early morning crispness yes. that's what it was like I went to her house and she was on all fours rocking back and forth just like <clears throat> like big In low moans yeah and she was getting ready to go to the hospital and they went to the hospital and I remember within like 30 minutes we got a call saying that she had a baby. Like she had literally waited until the baby yeah. was coming. Yeah. So inspired by her. My sister is a mother of four children and she cloth diapered four children. Wow. Yeah. And like, yeah, she was an incredible mother. I was very inspired by her. So I got to see her mm-hmm. give birth, not even to that baby. Cause that baby, I had to stay there to watch the older All babies. The babies yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I did get to experience that. And then also just before I got pregnant with River, my best friend growing up, who is still a very dear friend of mine, gave birth to my goddaughter. Um, and I got to be there for that also. And that was insane. I got to like be by her side. Um, she gave birth to Hazel five months before I gave birth to River. Ooh, so and, you were like pregnant when you were witnessing birth. And she gave birth to her son William five months oh, before I gave birth to Russ. What? Yes. Yeah, two what? sets. Amazing. I know, super cool. And both five months older than the other. Uh-huh. So, so wild. Okay, so River is five now. Yes. River and is five so it was now. in this. And where, yeah, how does that relationship feel now? And it was in that time that you became more passionate about birth and started pursuing birth work yeah. and started attending birth. Yes. Then. Yeah. So after it was after River turned a year, I stayed home his entire first year of life. I like made art and leather work and did whatever mm-hmm. I could to financially mm-hmm. provide for us mm-hmm. so that I could you be made present. It work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I started leaning into doing birth photography because I love photography. I got a yes. camera from because you model. You I modeled, modeled a lot. Yes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So in yes, I model. So I love photography, and I ended up having a friend while I was pregnant loan me a camera to document my pregnancy journey, mm-hmm. and this is the camera that I still pursue birth work Aww, with today. Yeah, but it's honestly a weird thing. I hope that. John listens to this. <laughs> the person who gave me the camera, we've never spoken like since. Sense. And I literally, this camera is what I document other families yes. with a camera that was literally just given to me. So I have a very nice Canon camera that a friend loaned to me that is still a long standing loan. I don't even understand. <laughs> so weird to think about. But um, yeah, I had a friend, Alexandria, who's actually very funny I my husband who I had recently married it's his ex they had dated years prior but I we had known each other through like friends and stuff and I ended up attending her labor I was supposed to be there for her birth but she ended up getting um transferred to a hospital and having a c-section for her son but I got to show up there and at the time River was maybe like 13 months old or 14 months old and I was trying to pump like at the birth because my tits were so swollen. And that was my first like getting back out there and going uh-huh. into work again and like just doing anything. Yeah. And it yeah. was, that's big. It was super big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a super big thing for me. And I got to hold space for another mother, which is like 
huge. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is some very soulful work to do. So that filled my cup up a lot, but I didn't get to see her um, give birth. It's kind of rough for me, but I didn't get to do that. And um, I ended up like not pursuing it for a while after that. We took a break. Yeah. Yeah. I also was like in the transition of becoming like more of a single mother and um, my partner like completely left and I was trying to figure that out. And I had started working, working. I started working at a coffee stand, um, which I had worked at and then ended up managing and ended up getting shut down from the pandemic. Yeah. But we have hopes that it's going to open again. Um, But I ended up through working at the coffee stand, I served coffee to DSHS and CPS workers, strangely enough. Okay. Social workers. All right. State yeah. workers. Yeah. It was in a big building called NG. Um, and yeah, those are the people that I serve coffee to. Through that, those people obviously are in our community and they deal with families a lot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I got to advocate my passions for birth and things like that. And I had a social worker. A lovely woman named Hannah who was pregnant and invited me to her birth to photograph it. Ooh. Yeah. So I got to like get to know all these people that I was serving coffee to, and they got to know me as like a birth nerd and a mama. And honestly, those people are what got me back into my birth photography. I photographed probably four people from that office. Isn't that amazing? Giving birth. Yeah. So cool. I love the way life can do that sometimes and like you probably didn't expect that this was the population you were then going to be photographing their births no no yeah yeah so crazy and a multitude of like an array of births you know like I different types and places and different kinds of people mm -hmm. I mean yeah I I was I feel like I don't know I just feel like you meet people that you know are going to be open to the idea of home birth and holistic care and people are like super far from holistic care and like yes it's interesting right now like the binaries and culture and the way we want to be like put people in categories and say this and that and this is good and this is bad Bad, yeah but that's not true and there can be good hospital births and good home like you know and bad births in both places and it's not about that it's about the unique experience and feeling empowered and control and so i got to meet an array of women who had all kinds of birth plants mm-hmm. I mean at the time I was more focused on finding women who wanted to do home births or birth center births and mm-hmm. water births and things like that but it was also because I felt like I don't know I honestly didn't think that there was much of like an appeal for a hospital birther to have a birth photographer and honestly like a lot of people that I presented it to would say like why would you want photos of that you know, like Things there was, changing. there yeah, was a lot of yeah. people that I served coffee to that uh-huh. I would tell I'm a birth photographer uh-huh. and they'd be like, who the what? fuck photographs birth? Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, you mean like newborn photos? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I mean like your baby coming out, you know, like yes. so funny, so weird, but yeah, I ended up um, getting more into the birth photography through serving coffee to these people in my community. Mm-hmm. And through that found other opportunities. Also, I had, um, I had friends of those people or, you know, just literally word of mouth got out. Yes. And I was also doing this stuff by donation. I should mention at the time. Yes. It was 
pretty much just like me pursuing something. And if you felt like supporting it financially, then do that. Yes, but let's, but let's, let's be honest about like how much of a commitment it is it's to huge. commit to being to someone's yeah. birth. Yes. Or- to be an on-call anything is huge. To be an on-call anything with children on top of that. Yeah, Because I'm on-call to walk away from my kids. And- yeah. And because you don't know when births are going to happen, you're mm. on-call for like um, at least a month a period. Month. For three weeks prior and three weeks after the due date proceeds. Yes. Yeah, so you like you're for, thinking yeah. about it 24, like as you go to bed, you're like, I might get woken up exactly. or should I have this glass of wine? Yeah. Maybe not. Exactly. Like, That's literally a huge thing with birth work. Yeah. Not being able to fully like commit to other stuff because you just don't know you don't know when it's going to happen no. and you want to be ready. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for birth space. Mm-hmm. And you could be at a birth for days. I my Okay. So like I had that birth with that mom and then my second birth after that, the second birth I ever attended was 38 hour labor and ended up being transferred to a hospital and she ended up getting a C-section which was just like so devastating. Mm-hmm. And there's a photo I have of this mother where she is like <laughs> one hand up. I want to show it to you. While yes. Doing this. Um, yes. I mean, you could even, yes, I totally show it would to love to. Yeah. For- there's a photo of this mother where she <clears throat> is literally leaning up against her kitchen counter and she just looks like she's fucking done. And it makes me, because <laughs> it's literally like such a relatable oh mama and this is at like 30 hours <laughs> she's just like get me the hell out of here Let's see if I can but um yeah just like I don't know that having that as an experience too was crazy because I had never I don't know if anyone can see it before. yeah kind of oh there she yes. is yeah um totally over it but yeah. And we ended up getting there and she ended up like getting an epidural and then like the baby's heart rate was just too all over the place. And so they ended up going in for an emergency C-section. Um, and I was not able to go into the OR because the anesthesiologist at that birth was not supportive of that. So mm-hmm. I did not get photos instead of the OR, but <laughs> oh, Russ, are you saying, tell my story now, tell my story. Now. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, birth literally is all over the place. I feel like your birth when I came for Charlotte was mm-hmm. like, I came early morning and she was mm-hmm. born, born shortly after. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how long you were here before she was born. I got here at like 5 a.m. or 5.30 a.m. What time was she born? At 6. At 5.59? Okay. So yeah, I was literally there for just over an hour and she was born. Yeah. You know, yes. at Ashley's, I literally got there and I was there for over 24 hours. Yes, you just and then it's I transferred to the hospital with her too. Yeah, you just never know. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Birth is literally all over the place. So yeah, I was doing um work by donation, despite that. Yes, but now you well, you're not ready to do birth photography yeah, yet. But, but when I you get back into it, it, yes, when I get back into it, I really want to put like a worth <clears throat> like what yes, I'm doing because you are worthy of that mm-hmm. yeah and also I've like realized I also feel like because I am an artist I was an artist before I was a birth photographer or anything mm-hmm. it's hard to price a painting it's yes. hard to price a work of art 
you know, you, especially if you're also a person who comes from like a lower financial dynamic, like I do, I have a really hard time charging anyone, anything that I myself might not afford. I know I have a really hard time with this too, having a business that's growing and like, even just like, even like the soap and things that I make. Yeah. Cause it's like the material costs, but then also the time it takes to make the product time. It takes to cut each batch of soap, to cure it on the shelves for four weeks, to take it off the shelf and put it in a package and wrap it and then put it somewhere else or mail it or like, and to create the label that goes around it. There's so many layers. Yeah. There's so many layers and it's hard when we live in a world where everything is very, um, industrially like quickly made yes and like cheap stuff from china exactly. like why would i so, buy like, yeah why would i buy a bar of soap for ten dollars when i can literally mm-hmm. get like a bar of dove for 99 cents yes i which i get that's literally how it is out there and it's like mm-hmm. but it's hard but it's also we aren't taught the importance of having these homemade like you know, locally source, clean, yes. ethical yes. things for ourselves. We aren't even encouraged to source that. We're no. just literally. And as women, we're devalued all the time. Oh, Mothering yes. is devalued like in our culture everywhere. Yes. And yeah. we're devalued in the workplace. Like we are paid less yes. than men for the exact same job. Yeah. Yeah. For the exact same labor that we may do even. It's just like, <sighs> It's a crazy thing. So yeah, Mm -hmm. charging money for anything is almost a place of triggering for me. Yes. One thing that has helped me to feel more comfortable is I'm like, okay, I'm going to put this price point on it. Cause I also have to, like, I have to take care of my family. That's the other thing is like, like, you're not just getting your money back, but you also need to make profit. Yes. (laughs) So I, I have done this thing where I have prices set, but then also I have a comment. Like if you need, you know, like assistance send me a message and we can talk and we can like find a place financially that does work. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I need, I'm going to start offering like options to what I'm offering because what the way I've done it has literally just been like, it doesn't doesn't work if you're burnt out. And well, and at the time it was like, I worked at the coffee stand and my coworker, my partner at the coffee stand, Sarah, bless her heart supported my on-call business. So I could literally be serving coffee uh-huh. and get a call and she would show up and take over the coffee stand so that I could pursue yeah, a birth. That's another thing. Yeah. If, you, if your birth isn't your full-time work, then you also have to, your workplace has to be has okay, to be with, okay you with you leaving at a moment's notice. Exactly. Which was hard. Most works aren't. There was like, uh, yeah, if it wasn't for the fact that it was a friend that had hired me. And mm-hmm. I mean, she's also, she's the same age as I am. So at the time when we got the coffee stand, she was 23 bought a coffee stand and us. yeah and just like running it you know and um yeah we she totally supported it it sucks sometimes sometimes she'd be like upset but I had like a crew of people that was supporting my on-call mm-hmm. birth photography mm-hmm. which is so fucking cool and also people that like got excited with me when I come back to the coffee stand with my camera (laughs) like to get a bite to eat I'm like oh that was so intense like leaving downtown and yeah (laughs) it's just like the coolest freaking thing but yeah sometimes I walk away from a shift like sometimes I walk away from an eight-hour shift that's Uh paying me you know whatever my hourly is plus tips and I would go to this birth and I would photograph the birth and then sometimes the mom like wouldn't 
donate anything, you know? Yes. That's very, that's so hard. It's a hard thing, but there's also moms to this day. You also set that expectation. Yes. That they didn't have to pay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I so did. it's interesting because I've had that too, where I'm, I set the boundary that they exactly. don't have to pay and then so when they then, don't, but then when they don't offer anything in exchange, it doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. It makes you feel devalued a little bit, but like, also, like you said, I put it out there that like, if you cannot afford, please do not <clears throat> stress. Like, mm-hmm. I think like when you are growing a family, when you, even if you don't have a child already and it's your first child, especially mm-hmm. when you already have a child and you're expanding your family, who the fuck has $2,000 to have someone take a picture of you pushing out a baby? Like $2,000. Yeah. I mean, people do, but, but a yeah, lot of people don't. don't. I didn't. I don't. Yeah. Like, I like, I literally, I'm backed up on bills. I need that right now. Like, <laughs> you yeah, know, like yes, I'm just yes. like, there's no, that's not realistic. And I, I don't, I don't like that a lot of people don't get to have the moment captured mm-hmm. just because they can't fucking afford it or because they're just as I'm like scared about putting a price on things. People are scared about like putting a price on things themselves. Like, yes. you know, like, I know. Yeah. One woman though that uh, Lisa Masters, she also brought up the point of it's interesting this like, like the birth photography or postpartum care, like yeah. we're as a culture, women, like we don't spend money on those things, but people buy like an $800 stroller. Exactly. So I, yes, I just actually saw a friend that literally shared a bunch of resources for their postpartum. They were just like, okay, instead of a registry, we would like meal care and like all this other stuff you know like stuff that they actually needed for postpartum stuff that wasn't materialistic objects that honestly you don't I feel like there's so much I thought I needed when I had river (laughs) but I got nothing now like when I yeah I mean we're in a consumer culture exactly yeah Yeah. so I had definitely been like conditioned to consume with river I like I got like the whole perfect nursery and made sure all my furniture in there mash and the paint was right and I made cute things that he literally tore off the fucking wall and like wrecked and it's just it's crazy what we think that we need to do before having a baby those things don't matter the paint color on your wall does not matter, matter. <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing to do with postpartum <laughs> it's so crazy yeah yeah. definitely what we are taught to like place value on mm-hmm. is different mm-hmm. so uh yeah I ran into the problem also of like a lot of people not valuing what I was doing but also photography I feel like I am lucky that I have a community of photographers around me that are setting the bar and I'm mm-hmm. seeing that people are willing to pay mm-hmm. for a skilled photographer for a mm-hmm. lot of things mm-hmm. and it is putting in perspective for me okay I'm worth it you're doing something you need to be like putting a price on it and like yes these other people are having these exchanges for these larger sums of money because it is I have the same like this like glass ceiling where I think I'm not worth more and like I've attended births for over a decade literally I have like you know taken care of babies forever and have so much knowledge that I don't even like understand is there until someone else is kind of like, Oh, you know this and you know exactly. that. And I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. I guess yeah. I do. Wow, I can okay. really apply myself. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
And you have all this experience from having attended all these events and having taken photos and you're in this community. And I think about that. Yeah. yeah, Value. Yeah. You are of great value. There's no one else exactly like you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does this feel like a good time to maybe move towards Russ's pregnancy birth? Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird thing to talk about, honestly, with the combination of what I'm going through. And we don't have to. We can. Whatever feels good to you. We can. Yeah. I'm like, it's okay. Um, I would have to give backstory a little on that. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. I mean, if, or if you feel like this is a good closing time, we could do that. I'm like, either way, I, um, he looks like he's going to fall asleep. So Russ is a freaking dream come true. Let me say that. I have wanted a second baby for years and River, when he was three, two, started asking me if we could have a baby. Yeah. How soon after? Like how? Yeah. Like, uh, well, as soon as he could talk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But you wanted another baby when River was like what age-ish? Oh. Do you know? Um, after, honestly, after I separated from his father. Uh-huh. Feel like there's some baggage with wanting another baby and thinking mm-hmm. it might be with someone who might not be like supportive mm-hmm. this is a really big thing for me mm-hmm. so my partner after I had separated from River's dad was not a parental type he was like the kind of person who was very focused on himself and his goals and did not he was not familiar with accommodating to other people and so that did not end up working out and the next person um, that I ended up having a connection with was my husband um who are like first conversation we had ever had he like asked him like where he was from and he said he was from California but that he came here to like settle down mm-hmm. with the family and I was like oh so you have like a wife and kids and he was like no and I was like here you came up here to like find a wife and kids and he was like yeah and I was like oh noted yeah I was like ah, I can be a wife <laughs> so um literally that's almost how it went down my husband and I got engaged three weeks after and got married four months after um very turbulent you had a very turbulent partnership as well um which presents its challenges I'm like even couples who've been married and together for 10 years and know and grow with each other have obstacles that they must face once they create life together absolutely and, you know? like I know people who were married for a decade yeah before they had babies yeah. and it's still it they changes see, the entire yeah. your entire life it's is changed. never the same your dynamic is completely different like I mean yeah it's just the the service to your partnership becomes like a service to your family and service and, and then trying to maintain your partnership outside of that yeah like, it's just it's all so much yes because in mine yeah also like pregnant like getting married fast pregnant fast exactly. and then but we and we just didn't really know each other very well so he didn't understand like we hadn't gone I hadn't gone through those hard times where I needed his support and so we didn't know how to support me so it's been like a really quick learning curve and also some really lots of unmet expectations that I had absolutely yeah absolutely oh my gosh yeah I feel like so much of it has to do with how you guys go in about like navigating it you know Mm -hmm. um I am unfortunately being divorced now which I've spoken to Amana about 
I cannot say why this is happening because I honestly don't know. Um, but I am, uh, my husband and I had met and decided to stand or whatever you can too. Okay. I think he's, he's just so close. But um, so yeah, so my husband and I, we met, we got engaged, we got married, we tried conceiving and did not have luck, which is so, I love that society portrays like your whole life, you're trying not to get pregnant. Exactly. And then you try and sometimes it's impossible for people. I, we tried extensively for three months prior to separating. We separated for six months during our first year of marriage which is very different for a lot of people to witness, but it was part of our process. We were, um, as you said, we didn't know each other. And so learning how to support one another and how to communicate with one another was an extensive journey. And it caused us to separate for a while. But upon getting back together, we obviously did not conceive in those three months that we had tried. Upon getting back together, the first time that we fornicated we conceived breasts which is insane because we tried for months prior yes you know yes couldn't do it and this is with knowing my body yes like knowing, knowing when, when i'm ovulating yes. like, give it to me right now yeah exactly like... this is with knowing my body i could not <clears throat> conceive with him it just wouldn't mm-hmm. happen so we separated and then we came back together i wrote my husband a letter and told him it's a choice like i can i can choose to walk away and never talk to you again or i can choose to be here and commit to you and i am capable of both yes so it's a choice and we chose to commit to us and so yeah the first time we fornicated conceived for us I literally was pregnant the same month that we got together yes which and was his due date was his this, first his yes, first due date was, right was yes. same as blue yes and then his second due date was the same as his Her. father's oh yeah yes yeah so it first was May 14th or May, March March 16th yes March 16th was the first one and then they had told me it was March 14th after that which ended up being his father's own due date when he was in the eighties. Wow. Yeah. His due date was March 14th or March 14th. So that was super crazy. I'm going to put you this up, my guy. Sorry. <laughs> um, like, I want to fall asleep. Literally. I don't. Yeah. So that was super ironic. Um, and so at that point you guys were in a, good space or what would you say about where you were at Uh, I mean we were were in a good space we were also still struggling I mean Mm -hmm. we were still doing the dynamic of like parenting together that's another thing my husband and I my husband had never been a parent you know Mm -hmm. and when he got into a partnership with me he was then a step parent to River um and River was in diapers still at that time so he had to change a diaper then and like totally like took that on though it was really cool. Part of the reason I fell so in love with my husband is yeah. that he was like showing up as that person that I really like did not have when River was younger. He was being that person then. So it was a really big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, even just like when my husband and I though, like first met and he asked me if I wanted to have more babies, I told him I wanted to have more babies if I got married if you got married yes and found the one 
so we got married. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> he was very adamant about that. So yeah, we got married and we we separated, got back together, conceived Russ. And what was his pregnancy like for you? Awful. <laughs> it was nothing I thought it would be. I was super sick. different. Than yeah. Rivers. Rivers pregnancy. I forgot to say that earlier, but I had a blissful pregnancy with River. I didn't puke once. I never even got nauseous. I think I got nauseous once and it was while I was like there and I'm imaging to get like an ultrasound and it was because of nerves. Yeah. I was just like, Oh God. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I never, I didn't even puke while I was in labor. I had a 17 hour labor and didn't vomit like fucking gold medal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. So totally different this season. This season with Russ has been incredibly different because I was sick the whole time. I was sick before I found out. And then it made sense when I found out. And then I was mm-hmm. sick after. I remember they say 14 weeks, maybe I'll stop. 14 Bullshit. weeks went by. And then they say 20 weeks, maybe I'll stop. Bullshit. 20 <laughs> weeks when I was like, nope. And then they're like, maybe the third trimester. And I'm like, maybe. No. I threw up the whole time. Yeah, that's how it was with Charlo's too. And I I remember communicating with you about the nausea and like you were were like only these couple of things feel edible and you were like like particular things and I remember that yes yeah so many aversions I had to find what worked for me I also like a lot of which I didn't know in my first pregnancy at all which is a really interesting thing to learn in my second pregnancy was that um, my nausea and my morning sickness was low blood sugar. <laughs> yes. That was it. Yes. So for you, that was the thing. You that had to was keep it. eating. I had to keep eating. I just always had to have, like, if my blood sugar was low, that's when I started getting nauseous. Mm-hmm. So, and when you're like nauseous, it's hard to keep the blood sugar. Like, who yeah, wants when you're to nauseous, eat you don't want to eat. No, yeah. especially, yeah, like, all the things that people try to offer you when your blood sugar is low is so nauseating. It was a really rough thing. Um, I also, I consumed cannabis, which I did not with my first. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it was like with the nausea. Yes. I helped mm-hmm. with my nausea. It helped me get an appetite. It helped me get hungry uh, yeah. to the point of bypassing my discomforts <laughs> yes. Yes. so that I could eat. Yes. Um, so that was definitely different. I got a lot of backlash, you know? Yeah. I mean, me t- with Charlo, yeah. like I also did. Yeah. And I, when I was pregnant with Hartley, I tried some of the pharmaceuticals and yes. I was definitely grew up in like the medical mindset and that pharmaceuticals are better than plants. I've never even asked you about your pregnancy with and Yeah. With Hartley, I was super nauseous too, really? but, um, and yeah, in Charlotte's pregnancy, I consumed cannabis because it allowed me to eat. Yeah. And like, I, nice. I remember every time I consumed it, I was like, so grateful. I was like, thank God this exists. Ooh, literally. Thank you. Thank you. And Same. like, yeah, it felt so like this like gift from the earth. Yeah. 
that helped me to continue to nourish my body exactly. to some certain extent. Literally, it was like it was like it's like you were blocked while you're pregnant, and can, mm-hmm. like cannabis would open that passage to nourishment for you. But I had a lot of shame, same, and like feeling like I would be judged the way I wouldn't have been judged had I been taking a pharmaceutical. Which yes. pharmaceuticals, like we act as though they don't have effects, but People have probably now seen commercials like Zofran that they give to women for nausea and pregnancy can then cause cleft palate and other issues. So you just have to, I, I found for myself, I just have to like, I have been so trained in the past to like, look to other people to tell me what's good and okay. Exactly. And now I'm stepping into like, no, what do I feel is really good and okay. And does this cannabis feel good to me in a way that the pharmaceutical doesn't or like what are the risks and benefits of both and what feel you know what feels right and for me consuming cannabis in her pregnancy felt right and I feel the same Mm -hmm. way it felt right for me a lot of this birth with Russ was intuition I'm sure you can relate when I speak about the anxieties of Mm -hmm. caring and not knowing what's going on Mm -hmm. inside. Mm -hmm. This last pregnancy, I didn't get an ultrasound. Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything Uh, with River. I got ultrasounds. I got pictures. You know, I heard his heartbeat a lot and it was just different. I was like very monitored the whole pregnancy. This time I had a midwife, Kathy Weston, who is an elder midwife in our community and maybe retiring. Yes, she's yeah. retiring at the end of this year. Yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, Kathy Weston, I had worked with at other birds. So I had got to work with her prior and see her. And she's got this firm motherly energy. Yeah, she's not my midwife. She's yeah. not for me. Yeah. I have attended birds with her. I know. I remember telling you about her and you were like, <sighs> oh, but I like remember telling you that I needed somebody who was like, motherly but also firm like mm-hmm. I needed somebody who would be like Rakana, you can fucking do this you need to put your big girl pants on uh-huh. you know like I needed somebody who could do that but also be the nurturer and the motherly kind of support that I needed so Kathy yes. was that for me yes um, oh, I love that I mean because we should have diverse midwives just like we have diverse women because we need yes. different types of support yes. and different births maybe would choose a different woman yes. for different births yes. and- yeah yeah I feel that so hard. There are doulas that like are, I feel like even myself, like I'm not super hands-on, which sometimes I get discouraged about, like, mm-hmm. should I be more like doing something? Yeah, exactly. But there's also part of me is the kind of person that's triggered by that person. That's like, just wanting to rub your feet or, you know, or like yeah. just constantly giving you the whiny voice. It's like, Oh mama. And like stuff like that. Like yes. the, the array of care that you can receive is insane. Yes. Definitely not everyone is for everyone. Kathy Weston was for me. Yes. I stand by that. Yes. I like the phrase where they talk about like, you could be the most like delicious, perfectly ripe peach, peach. and people could still hate peaches. Hate peaches. Yeah. And I trust that now more like I am not for every woman. This is what I'm experiencing with my divorce. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's something that I have to remind myself. Like I can be as plump and ripe as possible, as you said, but there's going to be somebody out there who doesn't like that. Yep. So trusting what is meant for me is meant for me. Kathy was meant for me. I ended up. Are you so tired? Um. 
Inventive app having a birth doula also that was supposed to be there, Michelle Morris, but Michelle ended up having COVID just prior. And so she did not come. And my on call that came with to assist was your past midwife, Tammy Roloff. Yes, yes. Um, Neighbor. She lives a few doors down. Yes. Me right yeah. Here. Tammy ended up coming to attend my birth and assist instead of Michelle. And then Michelle's backup doula was my birth photographer that I had already hired. <laughs> it was such a tight knit oh, web wow. of women. Yeah. So cool. Oh my gosh. I think about that and I'm just like, what? She was like, I'm, I'm coming over right now to visit. I was just calling my backup doula to inform her. I'm picking up a new client. I gave her your name. She informed me she'd already be there. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh, so cool. But um, yeah, where was I going with this? Talking about my care. You're sort of transitioning into Russ's birth and who was going to be there. Oh, and... Just like my postpartum or my, um, my prenatal care, I think mm -hmm. is why I started talking about Kathy is because I didn't get a ultrasound. I didn't mm -hmm. get, mm -hmm. I didn't get any of these things done that I had gotten done prior with rivers. I didn't know if Russ had five fingers and toes on each, uh -huh. you know, like yeah. I just didn't know if he had all his limbs or what his profile like face like looked like what his nose like I didn't know anything and it caused me anxiety honestly if I'm being completely honest mm -hmm. it was hard to have trust my entire <clears throat> pregnancy it was yes. hard to run with like trusting there's still that anxiety of like what if you know mm -hmm. um, yes because so. with Charlotte too I you know yeah exactly didn't know yeah mm -hmm. and it's like yeah it's from a place of fear honestly and I don't know why but yeah I, I was, feel like it's a practice because it's like it is of learning to trust and also sometimes if an ultrasound would take away the anxiety and that would feel good to a mom I like, was offered it multiple I support times. Yeah. I support moms to do what I know yeah right I was offered them. it multiple times and mm -hmm. she even asked me if it would take away my anxiety if I got an ultrasound but no, but, the, just, but there's something about sitting with that though, yeah. too, knowing that it's available, but also choosing not to yeah. and being okay with the like uncomfortability that it makes yeah, us exactly. we feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've learned to sit within discomfort so much in the last three years, I feel like, especially. You <laughs> little baby Russ is so close to falling so asleep. Tired we're distracting him, I'm sure. Um um yeah so yeah I yeah it was it caused me anxiety I also I didn't know I didn't do a sex like a gender mm -hmm. uh discovery I did you did I did a blood test a blood test yeah and so I also like I asked you I remember I asked you for that information uh -huh. so I could present it to my midwife and I did and um she said we could do it uh -huh. and then uh, I think she just like casually said we didn't have to. And then my husband casually said we didn't need to. And then I was like, if you don't care to know, uh -huh. then yeah, let's just totally have a surprise. Have a surprise. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was fully on, like we were going to discover, but <clears> then <throat> it was when my husband was like, well, I don't really care. I was like, yeah. Okay. So let's just keep this price. So it was a surprise. 
and we didn't know the gender or anything, which is also, it gave me anxiety for whatever reason. I just feel like we live in a day and age where everything is targeted to gender, boy clothes, female clothes, like it's just all, mm-hmm. you know, and so not having a lane to pick, I guess. Yeah um was different we did a lot of like mutual stuff and like the talk of like it being a boy or girl was funny so I do have to say like the whole time that we were growing him you know all like the wives tales of like oh if you carry low or if you carry deep you have heartburn they have hair like whatever you know just like all the shit I had River born with a full head of hair and he, I never had heartburn a day in my life, you know? And like, there's just so many things that are just like, it's funny what we say to try to like, I don't know. Project our. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) On each other. I think we do it to each other. To each other, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Well, and these things have been handed down through generations Mm -hmm. at this Mm -hmm. point. So it's like, uh, yeah, but. um, Yeah, they're so almost like secondhand, like not what am I trying to say? Just like second nature, second nature. Yeah. yeah. We don't even really think about it. It's just, yeah, literally which is maybe weird. Like reflecting back. Yeah. Why? Or yeah. yeah. Also yeah. how insane that people know stuff like that, but don't know stuff about like their actual body and birth. Yeah. <laughs> we like, know about the, <laughs> we know about the wives tale around birth, but we uh-huh. don't know how it actually works. It's so uh-huh. funny. Weird. But, um, yeah. Uh, what was I saying? They're just saying. Well, you were talking about anxiety and not knowing his gender. Yes. And picking out like clothes. Oh, yes. That and... also, yeah, not being able to pick a lane with his gender. <clears throat> that I also know. caused like, outside like, people always are asking. Well, and then names also. Yeah. Which is another thing that came up with the gender and like trying to pick a name thought forever I was going to be rain because yes. it was neutral yes. and then it started with r and all of this happened to start with r and I loved your two different spellings yes the rain and the rain he came on a rainy day and it was yes. a spring day too it was yes. Easter Easter day he was born but so um my husband and I literally like three weeks before we had the baby or maybe four weeks or I don't know we had him late but I'll get to that also um my husband and I shook on if it was a boy he could name him and if it was a girl I could name her okay and, and? that's how Russell Eugene Daly came about <laughs> named after his father Russell Eugene Daly the third okay so he's, he's the fourth he's the third he's the third okay he's the third yeah so that was also why we kind of were like I was okay with it it seemed pretty cool. Um, I am the furthest thing from traditional and going by what my family goes by. Mm-hmm. I believe in evolution. So continuing on things like that is not the first thought to me. Like I would never think to name my baby my name because they are their own identity. Yeah. Like they're their own person. But you were okay with yeah because I understand that other families that's a very different practice and this is something that's been going on since the dawn of human civilization we have honored our family by naming our family after other ancestors so I mean with our last name like right exactly that that happening yeah exactly so I I understand and honor the traditional aspect of it but yeah, so he wanted Russell Eugene Daly. I wanted Rune. Rune, Rune Tamara, Jane. Yeah. 
it was going to be his name if it was a girl. Um, so I guess I could talk about my labor. Yeah, and or how labor started. Yeah, and you said weird. so nausea. You had nausea till the oh, whole, the whole thing. Yeah, pregnancy, whole pregnancy. Okay, like literally, and it'd be random. <clears throat> like we could be like going to a friend's house, and I'd be like, "You need to pull over." And I just like throw up violently yes. before going in yes. somewhere. Yes, I so love hard. to like pause and connect about like that the isolatingness of the nausea and pregnancy. Because for me, I like then I didn't want to make plans because I never knew no. what I was gonna. Because every day I felt nauseous and puking, and some days were a little bit better than others. And I was ha- like smoking cannabis exactly. And so then I didn't really. Then I would feel awkward and not want to like exactly. meet people then because Same. of that. Yep. Yeah. No. Same. Exactly. So I felt super isolated, isolated. and I was depressed in her pregnant. It was so hard. I was like so happy that I was growing this girl and growing my baby, and yet I was also like super depressed and felt like a shitty mom because I was always I couldn't play with my son in the same ways that I was playing with him before. That's another thing. It's just having to grow life while you're taking care of another life outside of you. So like pregnancy with Harley obviously was different mm-hmm. because of circumstances. Yes. Pregnancy with Odin, different. Pregnancy yes. with Charlo, though, you had another life to yes. care for, sustain, be present for. Yes, be was and to. knew his life was about to change when this baby was born. And so yet, you want to be the most attentive, but you yes. couldn't. And I just, and he'd be like, can we go to the park? And I'd be like, I just need to lay here Literally. right now. And I, but like, it broke my heart. But I still even feel that postpartum. Yes. You know, totally. So like, I, I don't know about you, but there's days like even now, like, <clears> where like, I have to just like, lay and nurse Russ for a while and River wants me to play he's asking me all day you know mm-hmm. mama can you do this or mama can you come look yeah he's five so he wants me to look at everything every yeah. other second and I'm like I can't I just I I can't <laughs> like I can't get up and yes. keep walking in and out of the room and it's just crazy and it makes me feel like it does it makes me feel bad I feel like I'm not being the best mother that I can be because I have somebody else to attend to and while pregnant trying to attend to myself was hard like yes. trying to just make sure that I was taken care of was hard so doing that and taking care of another person and mm-hmm. it's so much and it is isolating like mm-hmm. you said not wanting to like go places mm-hmm. that was also a thing like I said often we'd like try to go places and mm-hmm. I would get sick on the way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like I remember showing up to a friend's house and like they like doused me in peppermint oil and like we're trying so hard to like yes. oh everyone has all the suggestions yeah. of what's gonna help the nausea and just like, like for me I tried thing. I tried all the Literally. things before I tried cannabis yeah and other things did not yeah it didn't mm-hmm. work yep yeah it was very a very isolating experience also hard for my like partner to sympathize yes and they can't understand there's just they can't understand no Mm-mm. you can't even understand mm-hmm. you know that's like the mm-hmm. hardest thing it's mm-hmm. like I'm having a hard time understanding what's mm-hmm. happening to my body yeah let alone having the emotional capacity to explain it to you yes. when I don't even know how to articulate it yeah like, it's just like holy shit also it's hard to see somebody do that like I remember before before getting pregnant with Russ, I was literally like phobic about vomit. Like if I heard someone vomit, <laughs> yeah. I would get like, oh, like I would get 
I didn't vomit for 13 years. The last time I had puked was when I was eight years old. And from eight years old, the next time was when I got pregnant with Russell. I had not puked in 13 years. Incredible. Fucking insane. Does it come out your nose? Yeah, it did. It comes out my nose. Yeah. And I hate it. And so, like, yeah. Oh, like Literally. chunks getting stuck in there and I mean to Bloody. blow them out. And that would just make me like puke, puke again. Yeah, oh. exactly. Just so fucking. And then the smell is in your nose. Yeah. So tech, I don't have a phobia anymore. Let me just say that. I feel like the universe is like, bitch, you can't have two kids and be scared of puke. Like, that's not a thing. I just gonna puke every day. Literally. Exactly. You're going to get really desensitized. You're just not even going to care anymore. You're going to catch vomit with your hands someday. And it's going to be the best decision you made because it didn't hit your carpet. Like, I had all these, like, puke bags with me everywhere. I was at work and, like, puking in the stairwells. I'm just like. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. And nobody. Nobody can sympathize in that moment. There's no. nothing that makes you feel seen or heard or it's no. just, yeah, it's such a struggle. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Surviving that was huge. Also feeling like you're trying to like nourish your baby and put on weight. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, and yes. you're like, sweet. I just ate this amazing meal with all these nutrients. And then here it comes. Yeah, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you can even think like, wow, I'm feeling really good <clears> today. I'm going to eat this meal and you can eat it and it can sit well for like a half hour. And then you're like, are you kidding me? I'm going to throw up. Like it would just, I just, yeah. Just knowing too. I always had like a feeling I could know, like when I was like, is this just nausea or is this going to arise into like a full blown Yes. you know like nausea puking spell yes so so rough i am gonna hit pause mm-hmm. and pee yes and we'll come back to russ's i just took a little pee break maybe russ is totally passed out and happy okay so uh, we were talking about not knowing anything, navigating my pregnancy with trust. Mm-hmm. Um, my pregnancy was also super hard on my marriage. My husband and I, like I said, have just been, we got together so fast that we've had to navigate a lot of things without knowing how to with one another. You know, mm-hmm. we haven't had a lot of experience to like know how to. Yeah navigate a lot with each other so this whole time has been rather like a lot on us um in a partnership um I my husband comes from a family also with a lot of cancer survivors okay so their trust in the medical system is definitely right yeah yeah than my own yeah and I respect that. My husband also respected my wishes, though, of wanting to do a home birth and not have this overhead of the medical system. Mm-hmm. So I'm very grateful for that. But um, his, his parents came. I invited them to come to our birth. I asked my husband prior to having Russ, like a month before. And at this point, I was full term. Because mm-hmm. I went to 43 weeks. I should say that. Yes. I yes. gave birth on the day of 43 weeks. 43 weeks. Yes. Which is a variation of normal. It was perfect for me <clears throat> and technically a week early. 
to what my cycle is because mm-hmm. most gestation gestational periods are based off of a woman having a 28 day cycle. Um, and I consistently have a 31 day cycle, mm-hmm. which is an extra three days. Mm-hmm. So three times 10. Yeah. Is an extra 30 days to my gestational period technically, mm-hmm. you know? So I, yeah, I, had him at 43 weeks perfectly. <laughs> and how did labor begin for you? Well, I was going to say first. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I invited my in-laws to come. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Which is super, I'm pretty sure every woman out there who's listening to this probably relates to inviting in-laws to their birthdays. Like, I don't know. It's, yes. I mean, I had my mother-in-law here, but I, I had a relationship with her over years. Exactly. And she had had home births so, and she was supportive of my birthing yeah. choices where I couldn't have my own mother. I couldn't have had so my own mother. I didn't invite birth. my own mother at my birth. Yeah. That's another thing. I invited <clears> my husband's parents, but I did not invite my own. <laughs> But is it was also circumstantial, and also I wanted to honor what my partner wanted. My partner is um, he has two siblings, and they both have children and wives already. My mm-hmm. my partner was the last person of his family to, to have pair, yeah, to have um, the whole big package, and I wanted to honor like what he thought the process should be, and he wanted his parents there. And so I invited them, which came with like setting boundaries though, Mm -hmm. you know? Good. I remember when I told my mother-in-law, like, well, when I invited her, I was like, Hey, like, I wanted to formally ask you if you would like to be present. Mm -hmm. The first thing she said was that my husband would need his daddy. What? I literally got so defensive. I went like across the property. I like shut down, like had a cool, like crying mental break and had to come back to her. Because you were intending to only invite her and not. Well, I was inviting. Or you were inviting both of them. I was inviting both of them. Okay. But the fact that she thinks that we need anyone else at all. Yeah. Pissed me the fuck off. I'm like, sorry, but this is our birth. We only need each other. Like we don't need mommy and daddy here at all. Like I was triggered. I was super triggered, but also we come from like society where like, we're not taught to know our power in our birthing space. Mm-mm. So even having to teach my husband, our own power yes. was huge. Yes. You know, trying to convince my husband that we don't need the medical overhead or that we don't need this, that and X, Y, Z and whatever he had been conditioned and like society makes us feel that is necessary when we birth a human. Mm-hmm. It was very hard to like even get my partner on the same page, but then also like express these things to his parents. Yes. So what was that process like setting those, you said you set boundaries with I them did. around I, their well, presence at your birth. Yeah. I Talk ended up, I had to, well, so after she had said that, I literally got super upset and ended up like walking across the property. We have property in Priest River is where this happened. And I just kind of like got emotional, but I ended up being transparent with her about it. And Mm -hmm. she came over to like visit me. And I was just like, you know, when you just said that my partner would need his daddy, it made me upset because it makes me realize that you don't acknowledge the importance of him and I like, the importance of our bond, you know, and mm-hmm. still in my circumstances being divorced now by this person, those people still fail to acknowledge my bond with this person. So at the time it was just like very important for me to get across like 
regardless of me asking you to be here, I'm not asking you because you are needed here. I'm asking you because like you are wanted here and we're like opening the door for you to be present in our journey. But first and foremost, it is our fucking journey, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like more importantly than you guys being here to support my partner, my partner needs to feel confident in doing this with me and like Mm -hmm. confident in our ability. And like, it's always been a thing for me to foster our partnership you know Mm -hmm. and to nurture our bond and our capabilities yeah Yeah. exactly and so my in-laws were just very much so I don't know their approach was different so I ended up setting boundaries and told her and she even was like I'm sorry I just I said that like isn't like I know that he'll you know he'll want support like from someone else like it's just like a weird it just all came off weird Mm -hmm it made me feel weird but yeah. I ended up having them present anyway <laughs> um my husband was born early his birthday is February 26th even though his due date was March 14th and so I was under the impression because River came early and that my husband also might have came early that mm-hmm. Russ would also probably come early uh-huh not the case <laughs> at all (laughs) at like 20 uh or at 38 weeks or at 35 weeks even I got anxious because my water broke at 35 weeks of river so I was like anticipating honestly my water breaking early um even though I did do things this time to help strengthen my bulge my bag of waters Mm -hmm. I like my amniotic sac Mm -hmm. I like looked into ways Mm -hmm. to thicken I am the odd exact in case it was that it was thin. I don't know why my water broke the river early, deemed early. I honestly Mm -hmm. think that he came out perfect. I did not get to say this earlier in the podcast, but I've talked to so many midwives and medical professionals since that have also like weighed in on ribs birth Mm -hmm. and experience Mm -hmm. and feel a lot of it was pharmaceutically profitable. Mm -hmm. A lot of it was a means of profit for a system outside of my family system yeah sabotaged (laughs) yeah exactly um unnecessary yeah him being taken like all of it so yeah this time I was anxious at 35 weeks my water did not break I reached 38 weeks and was thinking maybe he's gonna come now I remember you being like I don't been pregnant for longer than I've ever been pregnant exactly like Like, I hit yeah exactly 36 weeks because my water broke like it was just like this is the longest I've ever Mm -hmm. been pregnant and like yeah this is the longest I've ever carried a baby you know it was so like little did you know it would like carry on go after I really anticipated him coming early like my husband wanted to go to a go-kart event the weekend of his birthday and I almost like didn't because it was in Moses Lake and I'm like that's too far if I go into labor and yeah little did I know he was so perfectly content cooking in there still but um yeah 40 weeks came and I thought for sure and then 41 weeks and 42 weeks and Uh I reached 43 weeks um the whole week prior to going into labor I had contractions every night consistently uh-huh so like pre-labor contractions yes a lot of stuff that I always thought was Braxton Hicks 
I was very bad at drinking water while I'm pregnant. I'm very bad at drinking water always, but I was bad while I was pregnant. Yeah, and when you're puking, you're losing. Yeah, you drink exactly. it and then it comes back up. Exactly. So. Exactly. Such a feeding process, <laughs> honestly. So wasn't good with drinking water and not drinking water also makes you have Braxton Hicks. Yes. So a lot of yes. the time I would just be like, oh, I need to drink more water, you know? Yeah. I drink water every time I had Braxton Hicks, but the whole week prior to having rest, I was having Braxton Hicks every night and they would be like consistent intervals, you know, like yes. I would have contractions for two hours eight minutes apart and you're like is this it yeah is this the start yeah, exactly yeah and that happened every night and I go to sleep and I'd be like okay like if we wake up like yeah you know didn't, didn't <laughs> and then on the day that I did wake up and was like in labor I didn't think I was at all like I was talking to my husband and was like well they're consistent but like this they, is fine. They feel similar. Yeah. They felt similar to your other like practice contractions. Yeah, yeah. exactly. To Braxton Hicks mm-hmm. because they were also all over the place, like six minutes apart, 10 minutes apart, seven minutes apart, 12 minutes apart, you know, like, yes, but I was taught, I felt like I, from what I knew even mm-hmm. now I've been mm-hmm. around births. Yeah. And even then I thought for sure that like, it would be consistent, but like, I also had to remember my last labor and feeling what labor starts as mm-hmm. was induced by a pharmaceutical. True. <laughs> so completely different experience, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I thought because they were kind of all over the place that it wasn't labor mm-hmm. and it was also so mild. Uh-huh. It was like Braxton Hicks. Like they I said, they started very gentle. Yes. Very nice. gentle. It was just like Braxton Hicks. Like I said, mm-hmm. The only thing that made me like think that it was serious was that I woke up from one. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. I uh-huh. woke up at like 5 a.m. and was like, oh, <clears throat> I felt like I woke up to like feeling my stomach tighten. And I was like, okay. And then like talked to my husband about it. And he was like, you should call the midwife. I was like, I really don't think I'm in labor. He's like, no, I'm pretty sure this is why we have a midwife. It's so that we can call her when you're in labor. <laughs> you can call her. And so I ended up calling her and I just told her the same thing. I was just like, I'm just kind of having Braxton Hicks. They were kind of consistent last night before going to bed, but that's been every night. But I just kind of like woke up to one and she was like, you're in labor. And I was like, no, it was just one though. It was just the one. <laughs> yeah. like everyone since has been fine. She's like, no, that's okay. that was the one you're in labor right now. And so that was at 630 when I called her at 630 mm-hmm. in the morning. I drove to Little Euro. I got a breakfast sandwich. Good. I tried to eat it, did not eat it. So that's also a sign that I was in labor. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And um, when did you like acknowledge or feel like you were really in labor? Uh, How long was it? 7 a.m. Okay. It took another <laughs> half hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, it took another half hour, like maybe hour. And then I was like, oh all right like I guess and so I had my husband call his parents his parents showed up at like 8 8 30 a.m somewhere in between there mm-hmm. we started driving down then and came shortly after I forget um and then I had the birth photographer show up honestly my entire labor was really relaxing and really easeful and it was like fully present 
and then I'd have a contraction and then I'd come back to my presence, you know? Like it's incredible witnessing women in labor. Oh my God. Yeah. It's insane. The way we ride our waves and mm-hmm. create and our way, like during contraction, they stop women like stop talking and then yeah, like exactly. are in this zone for a minute and then it's over, then they're like, oh hey, so exactly. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. It's yeah, it's so beautiful. Um <clears throat> yeah, oh my gosh. I just rode those waves and like I said, just had these moments of being fully. fully present and then um and then I would check out for my contractions my mm-hmm. in-laws when they came in I was in uh in underwear I know that my like father-in-law was really like what are we about to see you know like coming into a birth space yes. mm-hmm. so funny and I ended up just like stripping down and it was fine I just uh-huh. you know like I feel like people have this idea of how things are supposed to be and truly letting it unfold was so blissful that my birth was a dream um Kathy showed up with Tammy who I had not met like yes you were doing her doula course but you hadn't met her Yeah, yeah exactly um I forgot to say that also I started her doula course before I met my husband and then um I got married uh-huh. and so I didn't attend the class Little did I know at the same time, she was experiencing a very big transition. Yes. So she's very understanding of me not attending class. And yeah, I never got to continue. There was a pandemic, but she showed up at my birth and it was like, what? <laughs> um, they let me do my own thing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Like. Even my husband would like, if you were to ask him about our birth, would say that we birthed our baby entirely mm-hmm. by ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is so amazing. I um, I rocked back and forth a lot and walked around and paced. I would, you know, do lo- like low octave breathing and moaning mm-hmm. um, when I was having my surges. I would... I did. I uh, had my partner do hip compression, like squeezing hips in. Yes, I I asked my <clears throat> my birth photographer, who is also a certified doula, to step in just for one second. I was like, "Hey, would you mind showing my husband how to squeeze my hips?" And she was like, "No problem." So literally, just stepped in for a second, mm-hmm. applied pressure, and showed him where and how. Yeah. And then for the rest of the show, he was on it which was so incredible. Um, I can honestly say that's like the biggest relief that I had was my partner applying counter pressure to Mm -hmm. my contractions. I did get in the water because again, I thought that my cancer self would be soothed by mm-hmm. water mm-hmm. not the fucking case dude <laughs> I have discovered water's not for me and honestly I've like a, there's like a story my mom says of me almost drowning when I was three years old and like Ooh. I almost drowned it again when I was in fourth grade and like Ooh, this this quite a journey of me almost losing life to water so I I got in the water again and like had the birth pool but it just made me like tense honestly mm-hmm. um and also the water that they put into a birth pool usually to calm and comfort a mother is hot Mm -hmm. it's warm water Mm -hmm. heat does not comfort me 
he gives me heart palpitations and anxiety like heat being hot literally yes. makes me feel anxious and, anxious and yeah. uneasy and so being in a pool of hot ass <clears throat> water I literally just started going backwards I feel like nobody has said this and my midwives never said that it was stalling me at all or stalling my progression and I don't even like to use the term stalling in progression but I just feel like I was definitely like not able to relax because it wasn't comfortable. Like authentically, it was what I envisioned. We all want a pretty water birth, you know, uh-huh. but it just didn't feel right. Yeah. And at one point my midwife was like, I think you should get out of there. I was like shaking and just wasn't really like progressing. Honestly, yeah. I was stuck for a second you weren't like you were in a flow in the water exactly good yeah so Mm -hmm. it was like I was still having these waves but these contractions did not feel like they were like doing something for me I more felt like I was just paused in the pool so weird thing I ended up getting out Mm -hmm. and moving to my bed and literally right when I moved into my bed I transitioned there are Mm -hmm. photographs of me I don't know if you've seen them in I've transition. Some, I don't think I've seen the transition. I've, you've sent me several of your photos, but I don't think those There's particular photographs ones. photographs of me in transition where I just look like I'm orgasming. Did I, it feel like you were? Did it feel ecstatic in that way? Yeah, for you? it yeah. felt like, yeah, it felt like, uh, honestly, it reminds me, and this might be too graphic or inappropriate. Mm, nope, not at all. Go. But it reminds me of like <coughs> a person like how they portray on TV of like a heroin addict or something like the bliss. Yes. Yeah. But like of like getting that in there and then just like the knockout, like head of like, just being like, Ooh, and like, this is so great. Uh-huh. That was my transition. It was, almost, it was intoxicating and amazing potent and you know, yeah, it was like, yeah. Even looking at the photos, you can see I'm like, and like gritting my teeth, but also like, Oh, like it's a weird thing to look back on I just learned that one of my friends Becky who's actually coming over on Sunday she had a spontaneous orgasm while birthing one of her children oh my gosh Mm -hmm. which is also a goal yeah I mean I I knew that that was a thing and so like with Charlotte's birth I was like hoping that maybe that yeah no it didn't happen it's not something you can like I don't think it's something you can like intentionally like I don't think it has to be an intentional thing I feel like putting the thought into it made it not happen I was trying to use I've heard of like clitoral stimulation Uh and stuff for like relief Uh I didn't use any of that when I had breasts it it didn't even come to my head though yes it wasn't something that I thought of yeah in my mind intuitively wanting to do it exactly but you were feeling these good sensations oh my gosh yeah well Like I said, the whole labor was just really like being present in between. And like mm-hmm. I was able to talk, like walk around mm-hmm. and laugh with people. I was able to laugh when I couldn't remember loose lips. Like I'd get a tight jaw <laughs> or something, and then it'd yeah. be like, oh gosh. And <laughs> it was just, yeah. And yeah, I I knew a lot of tricks and because I am a birth worker, because mm-hmm. I am around birth. Mm-hmm. And so knowing these tricks and applying them and then just watching my midwives with confidence watch me use my tools was mm-hmm. incredible. 
it was incredible. Like still, I think about it and like, they didn't have, like I said, they didn't have to tell me a lot. They didn't have mm-hmm. to touch me like mm-hmm. nothing. Cause I was pretty intuitively working through my birth. Mm-hmm. It's awesome to think about. Yes. Um, so yeah, I got into my bed and I transitioned. I really want to show you the photographs, but uh, do you have them up on somewhere where I can link Instagram. in the show yeah, notes? Okay, I'll definitely yes. link that in the show notes. Uh, yeah. So um. Comfortable position. Okay, so transition in bed. I had my mother in law fanning me because I was hot, mm-hmm. but I was cold right after getting out. <clears throat> yeah. My mother in law, which I am so grateful for, put my husband's shirt on me. She's like, There's nothing better than your partner's t shirt. I remember her seeing this when I was in the oh. thick of labor, and it was so true. You know, just being put in this big, oversized, long-sleeve shirt of my husband's was, like, seriously so comforting. Granted, it was ripped off less than minutes later because I was too hot and nauseous. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, it was on me for a second. And then I took the shirt off. My mom, my mother-in-law, was using um, a twisted scarf. Mm-hmm. as counter pressure for me to pull yes while she pulled and yes. held yes um advice from the midwife mm-hmm. yes and were you you were on the bed at that yes point? I was on the bed at this point on and your back on your on knees, my back on your, mm-hmm. I just like over and over again I'm like I birthed out of a hospital and still birthed on my back but it was the fall yeah, right me too I mean I birthed I know yeah it's mm-hmm. yeah. so like the, well I don't consider it I feel like you weren't on your back I feel like on your butt you're yeah. sitting up oh. were you sitting up I guess I, was, I mean I was leaning against <laughs> Owen yeah but you but were like sort of elevated fine. yeah yeah I was on my back I gave yeah. birth on my back yeah like fully laying yeah yeah but like kind of on the side of the leg up pretty much just like this but like with my back fully reclined like I was like laying on my bed and I had my mother-in-law doing the pressure like the counter so I had my mother mother mother-in-law pulling that as like counter I don't know tension is that what that is? Counter tension was pulling while I was pulling. I don't know, mm-hmm. but that helped. And I was, I instantly, like after transitioning was like, I need to push. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So then you had that natural urge, not someone yes. just telling you. No, that, I yeah. literally, yeah. Had that natural urge of like, I need to, it feels good to like, Ugh. and did you ever ask for like a cervical exam or did you? No, I did at one point, like was curious about if I was close and I remember Kathy telling me I could check mm-hmm. and to feel. Mm-hmm. And I felt a very like visual memory to me is when you gave, when you were in labor with Charlo, you gave yourself a cervical check and you had mm-hmm. just had your bloody show. Mm-hmm. It's on your fingers. Yes. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah, literally. <laughs> 
I imagine that so vividly though. That was such like a, I don't know, like remembering you checking yourself like that. And yes, just like, I the, don't think Kathy's that type of midwife where, you know, she's, she's encouraging you, you to, to do it yourself. Exactly. And yeah. Mm-hmm. She's totally hands off, which I freaking love. But yeah, so I checked and I couldn't, I just remember like, I just feel like I couldn't feel anything. I'm like vagina, like, I don't know what, I can't feel. It's like, if I touch my knee, I can also feel on my knee that I am being touched. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, I'm feeling for a bag of waters. I feel something, but like, I don't feel something, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like something is being touched inside of me. Right. So I couldn't, I just wasn't sure. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, like, I feel stuff. Like, it was just like, I just really didn't know. Yeah, I was totally clueless, which his bulge of waters was there and you can Mm -hmm. feel it. But yeah, but you started pushing when you felt the urge to push. And it wasn't like controlled or anything like that. It was very nice. I, um, it's like, I don't know. The way I compare that uh, feeling, have you ever like pooped and it's really orgasmic when you do it? Yeah. Yeah. It was like that. Like just the feeling of like, oh, like just, yeah. And you know, it like feels good kind of as it's Exactly. Every and- push that I had, it was just like, oh, I feel, I mean, the push. Like I could even talk while I was doing it because it was just like, oh my God, it's like adorable. And it's like, yeah, you can't even stop the push. No. Yeah. Like my body was just, yeah, like so ready for the push. It was insane. So I was pushing while pulling on that piece of cloth mm-hmm. that my mother-in-law had. And my mm-hmm. husband was fanning me with like a wicker fan. And my midwife, um, after a while of pushing, I, it wasn't that long because my whole labor was only six hours. Wowza. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, the midwife, Kathy, was like, we could break your waters. And I was like, do it. <laughs> And she literally just pinched with her finger mm-hmm. and it exploded on my husband. <laughs> literally, like, ah, there's like a video of him being like, ah, and it's like all over his shirt and everything. Yes. And it's okay. Um my waters broke, and then literally his head started to emerge after that. I totally just started to crown and I pushed and got his head out and there's pictures of my mother-in-law just being like this with her eyes and yeah and it's so cool to look back like I'm just being like holy shit you know yes. my husband he's got eyebrows like this while he's looking down in between my legs and yeah. you can't see what's happening but yes. just everyone else's expression is like <laughs> it's getting real yes okay so super freaking cool we're almost done did you guys um and yeah, I felt his head. I didn't do that with River. Uh-huh. I wanted to feel this baby's head. Yes. I had the awareness to feel his head, mm-hmm. the presence. I literally, it was just like everything, this birth was so empowering, you know? Like, I'm so glad. Yeah, I, it is a dream birth for me. I was incredibly empowered. I felt empowered by the people around me at the time, too, though. They knew mm-hmm. that I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I trusted you yeah and like even my husband's grandmother uh grandma joan who i asked grandma joan about her own birth and she said like her husband dropped her off and then like left mm-hmm. and then like came back and got her when she was done very different like so fucking different it's insane 
but she told me like when we were talking about like what we were pursuing with the home birth she Mm -hmm. was like I don't know anything about what you're talking about but I know that you know I know that you know you know yes so like she's like regardless of me not knowing what the fuck you're even like this is so otherworldly to me but like I know and I'm confident that you know and you're confident Mm -hmm. so like that was the kind of like support I received from them which is super cool the people around me may not have been like understanding of what exactly I was achieving, but they were supportive in the way that they could be, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, I touched his head mm-hmm. <laughs> and when his whole body came out, he was out for a second and then they put him on my chest and I did not feel hot and like I needed to get him off. And mm-hmm. it was just a different I remember seeing like some of the photos, right? And like, and you're all like, oh, yeah, like, so yeah. ecstatic. And- I, the only thing that like super sucked about any of it was that I didn't get to myself discover his gender. It was like shouted out by my in laws that had seen Dang the it. genitalia before I had gone to, but I really wanted that photo of like picking <clears throat> him up and like discovering, you know? Yes. But literally, yeah, he came out and my mother in law was like, You got what you wanted. It's a boy. And yeah, we were so excited. Like it was. I didn't think it was a boy because I was so sick. And because when I had river, I wasn't sick at all. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this has to be a girl because nothing feels same as it did with my boy. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, so when he came Uh, out a boy, I was fucking shocked. I literally was. And proud. I was like, I grew a daily man. Like, just like, (laughs) you know, especially coming from a family where they're so prideful of their men. I was just like, ah, I birthed a boy. Um, but yeah, it was, and I didn't, I, my postpartum was like immediate postpartum. I didn't bleed. There's pictures of my birth, like on my bed, there's no blood surrounding me. Amazing. Weird. And how was the placenta? It came out, your placenta? it came out without, it birthed itself yes. right after I birthed Russ. Yes. No tugging, no anything. Just yes. literally my placenta was like, here I am. Yeah. So weird. Again. Amazing. Easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like it was so effortless in that, like, I don't know. There is a photo of my placenta being born, and I did make a face. I'm like, now that I think about it, there was a uh-huh. face I made. But yeah, everything just happened very like clean and mm-hmm. fast. And and you didn't have the separation. No, like I got did. to be with my baby, but honestly, that caused me more anxiety because here I was what I thought and what I felt an experienced mm-hmm. mother uh-huh but I had so much shit that was new like I had so much I hadn't I didn't have my baby the first 12 days last time right so I didn't have first latch I didn't have breastfeeding after I didn't have waiting for my milk to come in with a child nursing and nursing yeah, and nursing. yeah. yeah like not this stuff mm-hmm. you know yeah. it was honestly so different and also like getting to know my baby when he's that small and like, but I also had to remind myself that he was bigger than river already. Cause he was born at eight pounds at 43 weeks, whereas river was six thirteen. And so I was like, he's so tiny, but he's also bigger. But like, it was just like, <laughs> yeah. ah, and navigating that was crazy. <clears throat> river was also because he was in the NICU was given a binky very soon. And so I like 
um, did not use a pinky with this baby because I thought that I, you know, I was trying to not do that. And then I ended up using a binky with him and he doesn't use the binky anymore now, but just also mm. navigating those first 12 days of like, you know, binkies usually replace a cue of hunger mm-hmm. a lot of times. Yeah. Um, so navigating that and yeah, just postpartum was really different because I actually had my baby present with me nonstop. Um, my placenta, I didn't even know what had happened to it. Literally two weeks postpartum, my midwife was visiting and I was like, what'd you do with that thing? And she's like, it's in your freezer. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause I literally had no idea what had happened to it. So funny. Um, my postpartum was also very fast paced people around me mm-hmm. our culture wants everyone to like I don't know I just feel like it's very normal for people to interrupt your space when you give birth you know yes, yes. And so like immediately after we had like visitors and we had people that came in from out of town <clears throat> unexpected without, oh without I remember telling you telling us. me about that that's horrible never do that to yeah, a mom yeah never never I had like people show up from out of town on my doorstep, but like while I was like the minute that they showed up, I was literally on all fours in my tub with excruciatingly hot water with just the tips of my breasts in there trying to like yeah. melt them. Mastitis. Exactly. Yeah. So that I could try to get the clogs out. Like this is the second that these people knocked on my door. This is what oh. I was doing. So oh. it was so like, Yeah. But it's very like encouraged to do that by people and to like, mm-hmm. it's just impersonal. We have a very, yeah. Yeah, I had lots of visitors. It was very fast paced. Also, like the people around me that were holding us are fast paced individuals who like were fast paced when they had babies years ago. So they and mm-hmm. like projected that for my own experience, you know? Mm-hmm which was rough I know it's been interesting to like grow and learning more about like globally earth-based cultures like have rituals around postpartum and feeding the mom and keeping her warm and even in some places where they stay indoors for 40 days yes 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 oh my god in Japan they actually like pay for someone to like for the mom and baby to be there and for people to feed her yeah yeah I just saw a thing recently that was talking about like a postpartum Teresa Palmer. Actually, she's a celebrity. She's an actress, a mm-hmm. filmmaker. She's mm-hmm. a mother also though. Mm-hmm. She just gave birth not that long ago when she was gifted by somebody like a postpartum care retreat thing though, where like, it's like that. You're just like held by other people. You are, you don't get up. Like you, you don't clean or do you dishes. You don't do anything. Or... You have people bringing you food. Mm-hmm. You have people massaging you. You have people pouring baths for you and your baby. Mm-hmm. Like just like it's like a spa pampering, but it's after you had a baby. Mm-hmm. We do not do that. No, <laughs> no. And there's so much pressure in our society. I feel like I feel like I don't want to say like too much of it on. Like, I don't want to, this is a bold statement, but my separation and my divorce, truthfully, I feel has so much to do with 
the expectations that we have placed as a society on our growing families. Like my husband was not held or supported to stay home with his wife. He Mm -hmm. was encouraged to go to work and detach and pursue Mm. that stuff, you know, like it's just like the whole system is not, the system is not here for our families. No. Oh my goodness. And I just feel like postpartum, that was like the most like troubling thing is the war of like, we want to be present. We want to stay home. We want to pamper. We want to relax. But also we're told not to relax. I'm told not to pamper. We should not pamper. We should not relax. Like, it's just like. So backwards. It's so backwards. And it causes conflict even between like like partnerships and like mm-hmm. families, you know, because we're trying to we're trying to be supportive in all areas that we can financially, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, mm-hmm. however we may be. And it's a lot of stuff is not supposed to just be on us in our intimate circle. Like mm-hmm. we should have our community stepping in financially so that mm-hmm. we can be emotionally present. Yes. Like there's yeah, I mean it's the whole devaluing of mothering again. Like yes. we should be like in some areas, other parts of the world where you get your salary if you were at a job. Exactly. Like, yeah. Well, and there's um there's also like other countries that like have two years, yes. one year yes. postpartum paid leave. Like yes, paternal 100%, and maternal percent pay. Yeah, it's like a fraction of no. what you were paid. A hundred percent because exactly. they value that mothering and bringing up this next generation each time that is happening all the time this next generation is the most important work and should be valued it builds our community Mm -hmm. well a lot of people don't realize also that the brain development of our babies between the ages of birth and three is 98 percent of their brain development 98 percent. so anything that they're exposed to in those first three years Mm -hmm. is literally going to like govern so much of the the rest rest of of their their lives lives. yeah we are literally shaped into who we are going to be almost within those first five years of our life Mm -hmm. and those five those first five years we're literally encouraging to like separate you know and like get back to work daycare put them in a crib yeah don't sleep with them like cry it out methods all Uh these things and then we wonder how we have all these people in society that are detached and they don't feel held and people that struggle with communication or emotional presence it literally Mm -hmm. does it starts with birth yes I genuinely feel like so much of like correcting correcting like the generational trauma that has happened Mm -hmm. it starts with birth Mm -hmm. yes it does like how we're brought into this world how we're cared for like how our parents are cared for like I have witnessed births where it's like those first moments of life, even babies are like, I consider it rape now when they're like shoving things down these babies' mouth that don't need things exactly forcefully shoved down their exactly. throat. Exactly. Yeah. So sad. All of it. Yeah. Circumcision, male circumcision. Yes. And like, there's so much. It's and all. It's been interesting also, like the the pain thing the way they used to believe that babies didn't experience pain well, and so we could just so we could thought, just cut off their exactly foreskin well, we also thought that black people didn't, didn't feel pain yes you know this is we're going to talk about this on another episode yes, yes. we need to wrap up today yes but and we will yes, another we'll day talk about that another day because... is there anything else you feel like you want to share to complete russ's birth story um 
I don't think so. He's just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm happy I got to share it. It's weird now because I'm coming from a place of being divorced mm-hmm. um, and separating from like the people I've just worked really hard to achieve all of this with. Yes. It's a very like weird place to be. <sighs> um, and also to not, to still honor it for all that it was yes. and all of its glory and not feel some kind of like <clears throat> sadness or... I don't know, take away from it just because of what is happening now. So yeah, my birth with Russ was literally a healing, perfect like dream for me. It was empowering. It allowed me to trust. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it makes me emotional because I'm in the position now of like having to trust everything that's happening in life, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm back in this position of having to have full trust again. But Russ and his pregnancy and his birth taught me to trust not just like the universe or whatever bigger thing we believe in, but in myself entirely, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. yes. Like, trust me, trust my process. I feel like I've seen it in you in the way that you're like just embodying yourself and your life and some of the words that you use. It's changed me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very profound. But I also have to say before we end the podcast that my birth with Russ was heavily influenced by your birth with Charlo. It totally was like being present for you, watching you and Owen navigate you with your mirror you know, watching yourself open up, checking yourself, not having someone there, like, especially as a person who, as you said, was raised, like, reliant of the medical system. You chose that for yourself. You independently chose to not have a medical provider Mm -hmm. there and present to assure you. You assured yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It totally inspired me to be the same. So that was a huge thing. I had a mirror at my birth and Mm -hmm. I did things and I had um, empowering photos and things placed around me. And I, I definitely feel like being here and present with you as you brought Charlotte Earthside was a monumental moment and extremely inspirational to how I brought forth my own. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it's huge. Thank you for being, being vulnerable to share your story today, your stories, and even totally. as things are unfolding in ways you didn't anticipate, yeah. that you're still able to share this story. And I know that there's going to be women out there connecting with what you're sharing yes, now. true. And it's just really important. And thank you. Thank you. And I love you. I love you. I thank you for having me. And will you share with listeners what your offerings are and where to find you? And I'll definitely include it in the show notes as well. Well, my offerings are always, I feel like I'm like not in the moment of being established right now, but I'm slowly <clears throat> getting back into birth photography. Yeah, but people could be listening to this like a couple exactly. years from now, True. or like you okay. might have more art that you've That's created true. that people could access. Um, and, you know, I'm honestly, uh, yeah, okay. So I have a, I'm a birth photographer. I have an Instagram uh, for that, which is Bear Wonders Imagery. Um, <clears throat> I am pursuing painting. I 
kind of mention yes, this to you. Yes. Is there time to mention this? Yes. Okay. Please. Um, I with my divorce, I'm trying to well, for one, financially regain stability because I've been a stay-at-home mother mm-hmm. since giving birth. Mm-hmm. And now that my partner is gone and they have taken that portion of our stability with them, I have to regain that for me and my little ones. And I paint and it's not something that I have gotten to do a lot often, especially lately since becoming a mother mm-hmm. again, times mm-hmm. two. So yes. Like, do you find that you like have this inspiration to be creative, but yes. then not have the time yes. and the space yeah. to do it? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. With the birth of my son came a whole new birth of inspiration for mm-hmm. me, but yeah, finding the time is really hard. So I did just get studio space so that I may pursue a project. I'm going to start painting birth at a large scale. I really want to do it at a realistic scale. Yeah. So like large canvases that like pan walls, but it's like literally like real life size paintings of birth. I'm a realism painter. Um, so yeah, I have, I've just started this project and it's huge and I'm, I'm hoping that I can, um, show birth in a better light than it's portrayed, honestly, because I feel like there's so much fear around birth. (laughs) Yes, there is. I mean, and there is, there should be some reverence because birth, I mean, at any point we could all, we could die at any point. Exactly. It's just more like potent at that time. Exactly. Like knowing that it's possible. Yeah. I've never thought about that. We could literally die at any time, Mm -hmm. but for some reason, yeah. And the moments of hyper focus exactly near birth. Which is crazy because it's a moment of life. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And the first breath happens. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. It's a really crazy thing. So yeah, I'm going to start painting um large scale physiological human birth, which is super exciting. Yes. And um I'm doing that though with like my clients, like with birth photography that I've taken, which is also super exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is the coolest thing about it is um I think like birth photography for me and like where I come from as a birth photographer myself is more of like the journalism side of it. Mm-hmm. It's like documenting yes. news as it's happening, yes. you know, like yes. I don't see it. Like when people say photography, they think of like senior photos or maternity pictures uh-huh. or newborn pictures or yes. something like that. I like to document what the hell is going on. Oh, yeah. It's like capturing the raw real yes. experience. Yes. Yeah. It's not, I love that you took like all these pictures of the placenta yes. after Charlotte was born yes. and just yeah. like, the photos of Owen bringing you medicine you're and, like, cleaning the board off by feeding the yes yes exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah so I am very much so the kind of birth photographer that likes to just literally photograph what is happening photographic journalism if you will I like to document the news of our growing community and our growing families yes it's very important to me um I did as we talked about earlier in the podcast do it for donation mm-hmm. purposes as I am like resurfacing and going back into all of this I obviously like I said I've like come to a point of understanding I have a worth yes you are value. valuable and yes. what you provide is valuable yes. and your time is valuable yes and so yes you'll be 
navigating that. and navigating that and yes I will mm-hmm. be navigating that soon <clears throat> and then yeah I just um my doula I'm also a doula yep mm-hmm. and I was birth doula before but pursuing postpartum doula care mm-hmm. extensively now it's something that's super important to me I'm also um full circle there's a woman that I met that hey. was got a circle uh, mm-hmm. yeah. in 2014 yes. that is now a lactation counselor in yes. Spokane yes. and she's incredible and she's also a part of our birth community and that's the coolest thing but putting my feelers out with other birth workers in our community also mm-hmm. we like she has um a lot of events that she's holding upcoming where there's like multiple birth workers and um resources postpartum Mm-hmm. And she herself is actually like going from lactation counseling to postpartum doula care because she realized while she is a lactation counselor, which is postpartum, mm-hmm. she also wants to cook you food yeah. and clean your house and like do all those lovely postpartum yes. things that we need, you know? Yes, those are my favorite things to do with women. Is, yes. Like you said, nourish them, and nurture. Nurture them. Yeah. Sit with them. Exactly. Yeah. So that's also yeah. something that I'm really putting my roots into is postpartum care mm-hmm. um but yeah painting and, yeah photography. and you also have I'm not on social media anymore but I remember loving following your personal account yes, so please share do. that with oh, people yes. because yeah it's so you're so raw and vulnerable and beautiful there as Thank well you. yes I have an Instagram page called canna bear and cub uh, it's Canna, C-A-N-N-A underscore bear, B-E-A-R dot N dot cub, C-U-B. So yeah, I share a lot of my journey on there um, unapologetically. Yes, I love it. <laughs> it's honestly, I get a lot of backlash for it, especially from people in my personal life. I feel like that's how you know that you're sharing some, like there's some level of goodness with that yeah like, yeah I don't know yeah not that there has to be backlash but for something to be exactly important but yeah. I don't know I just yeah I feel <clears throat> like truth triggers some you're pushing people. a boundary and an edge in yes. a way that like people aren't used to or accustomed to in ways that other people aren't comfortable sharing themselves yeah, and exactly. so sometimes I think people are triggered by that and are like angry how why can you be so open exactly. and share things like yeah yeah like you could too but you're choosing not to exactly you don't have to attack me that's a huge yes just unfollow my account if you don't like Boom. it Boom. yeah yeah so yes <laughs> I have a lot of vulnerable truths on my Instagram I share a lot of birth photography I share a lot of birth information fellow educators um a lot of resources on there all the time literally every day yes that's my thing yes so yeah definitely follow me on there I do not have a Facebook or anything like that just the Instagram but all right yeah well thank you everyone yeah, thank you for being for here me. you little man I'm so yes <laughs> all right so long until next time Thank you, thank you, thank you for spending time with us today. I hope that you're finding joy and bliss as you move through this unique season of your life. If you are interested in connecting with myself or Rakana on a deeper level, please follow the links in the show notes below. Remember that we all gaze upon the same moon. 
the moon that shifts the tides of all the oceans of the whole world. We are connected. Be brave, be bold, be love, be you.